Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension, a dimension of pressure, a dimension of coverage, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land, two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man, of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Gentlemen, you are now in the zone. The matchup zone sponsored tonight by Foam Pack, just a foam call way. Also, Advocare, South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs. By Integrated Play, uh, go see Renee Shell if you're a professional athlete looking to transition into a career. And we would like to thank Larry Ross for our promotions. Uh, for everything he's, he's done for the show as well, we'd just like to send a special thank you to Larry Ross. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we are joined. We have our first ever Hall of Famer. First ever Hall of Famer on the matchup zone, Mike. What do you think, Mike? Sam Jones joining us tonight. I thought you were a Hall of Famer in the D-League. Yeah, I don't think they have a D-League Hall of Fame. No, if they did, you should be the first inductee. Um <laughs> Yeah, Sam Jones and I, Kev, really excited. I mean, you know, top 50 player all time, 10-time champion. I mean, here we are talking about LeBron James, you know, winning two championships, and uh, Sam Jones walking around with 10 rings on his fingers and two for the thumb. So yeah. it's pretty impressive. That is impressive. Uh, just, the, you know, playing with Bill Russell, we're going to talk to him about that. I mean, at some point, you know, 10 championships, these guys are talking about Jordan wins six, but it's, it's funny because you kind of forget – and if you're not in that error, and we talked about errors before, if you're not in that error, it's like, well, you know, they're not. It's not as. It's not as good. So, uh, you seem to forget how good these guys were. I looked at YouTube, was watching Sam Jones, and I mean, I, I'd be surprised how many people we said Sam Jones is on the show, and they're they were kind of who? And I'm just like Sam Jones, Hall of Famer, top 50 player in history. Right. Yeah. I mean, a little bit older, a little bit, you know, out of a lot of people's memories. Uh, but a great player. I mean, I did some research on him, too. I mean, he was one of the first guys that really started the, with the bank shot on the 15, 20-degree angle. Mm-hmm. Nice size, six foot four, great size for his uh, you know, his time and his position. He also, Kev, he played 13 years, 12 or 13 years, and he won 10 titles. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's nothing, nothing that's, to sneeze at there. Yeah, that's a good percentage of uh, title to years played. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's going to be really exciting talking to him, and we're going to ask him some stuff about Bill Russell. I mean, if you have any questions for the great Sam Jones, tweet us, text us, email us. The call-in number tonight is one three four seven two one five eight one two six. 215 
So give us a give us a ring. Yes, uh, Zeke. I just have a question. Wrong mic. Wrong mic. Unmute yourself. No, the down. Um, your, no. Your other mic. That volume, yeah, the volume's down as well. This is me now. Okay. Your microphone's off. Turn your it microphone, off. Turn your mic- no, the microphone, the microphone actually, the one Jesus. sitting in front of you. God almighty. I mean. Good thing we have interns. Go ahead. I mean, this, now, Kev, the show ran perfect for two weeks. I'm three. There, yeah, you, there, you, go. Go. there you go. How's it going, everybody? We could still hear you because of the background, but go ahead. I just have one question I heard, Mike. Why is it that you say the call-in number tonight is blank? It's the same thing. Every night, <laughs> you should just say the call-in number is. What? Why even? Why even bring him back? I mean, Zeke, you stopped a highly rated radio show for that. Well, so people that go- get confused. I think that there's a different <laughs> number next week. The call-in number tonight, next week, and every for the next every Monday night for the foreseeable future is one three four seven two one five eight one two six. Is that better? For those who are confused, the call-in number is blank. <laughs> fill in, fill in the rest because I don't know the call-in number. Kev, the show the last two weeks. Was, I, I was telling smooth. these guys when they got here to the studio tonight that it was smooth. Uh, everything ran. The it did. It ran. ran it ran beautifully. Properly. I mean, it was just a, a smooth, flowing show. These two knuckleheads get back, and in the first minute, Zeke's raising his hand because he has something to say. <laughs> uh oh, there's more. Already coming. contributing positively to the show. Only. Five minutes in. Only, only not at all positively. Now, now, now nudge Axel and see if he's awake. Yes, you're you're four. Yes. It's good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so, Kev, a lot, a lot of other stuff to get, to get on uh, to uh, you know on the table tonight. I think we have to talk a little bit about Tony Soprano. I'm a little, I'm a oh. little bit upset about this. You know what? I think that we're talking about the matchup zone again, you know. Joined here tonight, Kevin Owens, Mike Gould, uh, Zeke the intern, Axel the goth pro intern. Uh, we're joined by all them. Uh, Mike, matchup zone intro, or matchup zone curse, back at it. Tony Soprano, we talked about him, you talked about him last week, how you just you were just loading up on the Sopranos episodes. and it, it, It's unbelievable. I mean, to refresh people's memories, we had Brian Zubek on as our first guest with the Cream Puff Shop. That closed down what? Two or three weeks after he was on the air with us, yep, we had on Matt Brady, head coach of James Madison. The next later that night, his best player was suspended mm-hmm. or got in some trouble off on campus and was suspended for half the game. Uh huh. Who else? Uh, I know we had some other. Uh, Can someone do us a favor and and call Sam Jones and tell him not to call into the show tonight? We don't need it. We don't. We don't need that one on our conference. Now, now Tim Legler is right now in the studio on TV in the background. Um, he, we had him on the air. I don't think anything. He's yeah, still he, on. He looks good. Well, he just he just got cut out with the Celtics uh, Celtics talk, and they just cut him out for some hockey talk. I know Zeke is uh, pretty excited about that. Kev, fill in the blank. Yeah. Complete this sentence. Let's do it. Nick, Nick Walenda's. Who? Did you see the thing the guy walked on the wire last night? Oh, who? You didn't see? Did you see? No, that I, I I I saw. I well, don't. Let, I don't. Let, I, he's not important enough to know his name. He walks on a wire. Well, let me let me for the for the people who didn't see it. Nick Willen is a daredevil. Comes from a family of daredevils. His grandfather was killed walking on a wire. Uh, he's they strung a, a wire across the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. quarter mile. He's fifteen hundred feet above the ground, and he's holding basically a forty-three pound bar to balance himself. Mm-hmm. You know, so he doesn't fall. And 
He walked a quarter mile, and it was windy, and the dude did it in jeans. Like, can we get the guy some, like, spandex pants? He did it in jeans. He's like, he's a he's a he's a redneck uh, redneck. And the daredevil. whole time, Kev, the whole time he's going, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you. You are my savior. Thank you, Jesus. You're the one allowing me to do this, Jesus. If if you want to thank Jesus, I mean, Jesus would probably tell you, "Don't do this." See, my thing, I don't I don't understand the daredevil approach. I don't understand the guy from Red Bull who jumped out of from outer yeah. space, and it's like that's that one. I actually was like, okay, you know, that one's kind of cool. Because it's something, you know, it's almost like technologically cool. But a guy walking across a tightrope, uh, a guy jumping out of an airplane, it's like, it's like I get it. You, you know, jumping over cars with it, with a bigger car or, I don't know, what else, or a motorcycle, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a big on the daredevils. I think it's kind of like a waste of, you're, you're risking your life for what? Like, I'm this, not going to be entertained. This guy, this People guy. want you to die. Like, no yeah. one's rooting for you to get it because everyone wants you to crash now, and die now, so you can, they can be like, I saw that. Now, this had to be on some sort of delay, right? Like, that couldn't what, be discovery? live. Yeah, I mean, no, the stunt itself couldn't have been. I mean, it said live on the TV. Yeah, I don't think it could have been. But there's no way that could be live. I mean, if he they're falls, not show they're not going to show someone tum, you know, Although falling he, 1,500, plummeting 1,500 feet to his death. Well, I don't think the cameras would zoom, would like show down like the road yeah, runner, like coyote falling out even, of the sky. But even so, Kev, I mean, he had his whole family there. I think they would just, I mean, God forbid this guy fell, and if it was live, they'd have to cut the feed, right? I mean, I don't think. Well, yeah, if he started tumbling, I think there's they would no just, tum- There's no tumble. He falls off the wire, and he's gone. Yeah, but I think there's always going to be, like, you see him, like, starting to lose, and then oh, he starts, oh, oh, he starts oh, going, oh. and it's like, cut the feed, cut the feed. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what, man, this guy... I have zero respect for for this conversation and for, well, for but, the daredevil well, in let, general. Let me, it's all, let me ask you something, though. Uh-huh. When you walk on a, when you walk on a sidewalk... I, have, okay. Ha, okay, have you ever fallen off a sidewalk walking on it? No. Okay, now put that sidewalk 1,500 feet in the air. I've never are fallen gonna, off one. But are you going to walk differently? You sure as hell are. Well, yeah, it's like I watched Indiana but, Jones but in you, The Last Crusade the other never, night, but, but, and, and Indiana Jones walked across that little thing. I was like, that would be tough. I feel like I would I would fall, and it was like the sidewalk side. Yeah. But like, I'm not dumb enough to stand on a tightrope and try to walk it. And it's it was, like, why, and, and why it was, risk my life? And it was windy to boot. This guy, I mean, Kev, the guy's jeans. I mean, you saw the wire kind of, it was going swaying back and forth on him, and dude. I just don't. I just don't. I don't get, get it. it either. But now, how much? Now, this clown probably had to make a couple mil off of this, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole it was televised and he had microphones on him. He probably, paid, he probably paid a couple mil for his life insurance, though. Who? Yeah. Who's insuring this guy? Discovery Channel. I don't know. Like, life insurance. I don't think anyone would take him. He probably doesn't have insurance. That's the thing. Like, if he if he if he dies, his family's probably like, well, <laughs> we're screwed and screwed. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. By the way, real quick, uh, you know, we're talking a little Pete Gambino action. Pete Gambino is really, he's he's a genius because this today I'm sitting there Pete watching. Pete Gambino has been upgraded to a genius. He has been upgraded to a genius. Pete Gambino the other uh, was on a few weeks ago talking movies. He listed two of his movies, and the one I watched today for the first time since probably I was in high school, and I was it was hilarious. The Mighty Ducks, and he said that was one of his top top ten. Sports top five sports movies. I think that's like it's so it's so good. It's funny and it's just like I can't. I'm just like watching it. Like that coach is a real. It's like who who acts like that? Is that wait? Is that Emilio Estevez? Yeah. Okay, I've never seen it, but I've seen like kind of the premise. It's, I know per, it's pretty it. funny. I laughed quite a bit, and I don't know if it, if people if it's supposed to be like you know an adult comedy, but I laughed. I think I think those kids movies a lot of times that they end up being. Kind of funny, a little more funny to adults right. than they think. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah, so great show lined up tonight. Like I said, Tony Soprano. I, Kev, I think Tony Soprano, and you would probably know more than me because you watch more TV, but I think Tony Soprano is the best lead actor in any TV series ever. Now, you have to take look at guys like Archie Bunker. No, um, I would I would Jerry agree Seinfeld. with that because he made that show. Like, The Sopranos, were what it was such a good show because he was such a good actor and he, he portrayed that boss so well. And I mean, it's he like, was awesome. The boss with the conscience. And, and also, do you know who they wanted to be Tony Soprano, who, who first was going to be Tony Soprano? Who? Silvio. Really? Would he have been awful? He would have been. Well, it's it's tough to say. You, to say now because, because we only know Tony, yeah. right, right. And that's uh, people say that all the time. Uh, people turn down other people turn down Star Wars. Other people Harrison right. Ford, Ford's role in Star Wars and Indiana yep. Jones. You know, people. Other people were up for that role. They gave, offered it to him, and now I can't imagine. Can you imagine Indiana Jones as not as Har- anyone other than Harrison Ford? I didn't know Harrison I, Ford played Indiana Jones. I, I swear we live on a different but, planet. But I can't imagine anyone else being like Al Bundy or Archie Bunker you or Jerry Stout. Sorry, you and Al Bundy. Don't talk about him. He's, we don't want anything to happen to <laughs> oh, him. Don't talk about Al. Al Bundy was, I mean, come on. That show was hysterical. It was funny, but, I, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> getting into uh, a little, you know, the news, the action. Uh, the, well, should we talk about the uh, the NBA Finals? Yeah. Game 7. We, got, we had Game 7 going on. Uh, Mike and I kind of predicted if Game Six, if uh, if the Miami wins, it's got San Antonio or Miami's going to win Game Seven. It's kind of a, it was kind of inevitable. I think a lot of people thought that it was uh, it, when when you when you go down Game Six and especially how San Antonio did, you lose at the at the end. Well, that that you hit it, Kev. That they're going to San Antonio was going to go back and really, really, really look at Game Six that last twenty eight seconds and say. Man, we had they were wheeling the trophy into the locker room, mm-hmm. and they had the game won. And I think they're going to look back at that and say, you know what, guys, we let this one slip through our fingers. I mean, Tim Duncan, think about this, Kev. Duncan misses the Spurs are down by two, and Duncan misses that little half hook, little tiny layup from a couple feet away. Mm-hmm. Picture if that was LeBron James missed that shot. Yeah, I mean, if the tables were turned there. He's a choker. He can't make a left. Duncan misses. Oh, poor Timmy. His yeah. legs are tired. And it's you know, it's tough. The Twitter error has ruined, and we talked about this before. Oh, yeah. The Twitter error has ruined people's perception of athletes. You look at Jordan and how much he meant to M- the NBA, and how how he got a free pass with everything. The guy, you know, he got gambler. a free pass in my book. Exactly, and and what he's done. And you look at some of these older athletes, and they weren't always perfect. They were they were it was it wasn't the same thing. But now everyone knows LeBron's business, and everyone hates LeBron. And it's not even because of the Miami. People hated him just because he's good. Like people are starting to hate just because they're of jealousy. I feel like jealousy. Well, I feel like people hated Jordan too, though. Yeah, but it's not as not to the degree no, that they hate no. LeBron. LeBron's LeBron's criticism is both unprecedented and unfair. Mm-hmm. It's unfair. I mean, he's the only guy who can have a triple double in a finals game and say he had a bad game. Yeah. But you're right. We live in a Twitter world where it's play by play. I mean, every every time LeBron turns the ball over, it's on Twitter. Exactly. And Co- Kobe escaped the Twitter. Kobe's hate. Yeah, the end of his year. Yeah, in Kobe's prime, he escaped. So LeBron's really the first superstar in the Twitter era. Exactly. And and you see it mostly in basketball. I mean, basketball is the biggest thing because I think basketball is the the most popular sport worldwide. So. People aren't going to criticize uh, like a Sidney Crosby as much as they would LeBron, even though Sidney is is the equivalent of LeBron. Go ahead, Zeke. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, game six, 
you guys said San Antonio pretty much pretty much had a one. LeBron had a key turnover there at the end. If they lost the game, oh my god! Oh, it would have been over. Is, is, is that the one? Is, is that the one where he went up for a layup? And, or no, no, he, he, pa- passed. he passed it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he missed. He missed badly on the three. Oh, the first he, oh, the brick. Yeah. With and, that rebound, and then Ray Allen hit the shot. But it's so funny because I, I, I wrote on Twitter as soon as he shot that and missed it, and he missed it bad. People started getting on Twitter and were probably like tweeting. They were tweeting venom at LeBron. But the ball kicked back to him, and he had the guff enough to take the well, next Ray, shot. Ray Allen saved the whole darn thing. Well, yeah. Single-handedly Single saved hand- LeBron's legacy. Well, well, he saved LeBron's <laughs> legacy. He saved Spolstra's and Bosch's job. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he was you know, he was named Jesus Shuttleworth, and he got game. And I guess... Uh, Have you seen that movie? No. <laughs> I've heard. But really, though, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to Ray Allen hit the biggest shot of the season... But if Kawhi Leonard makes that foul shot, mm-hmm. it's the over. first to do, it's Spurs up by over. four. It doesn't matter now if he hits that shot. So Spurs missed a couple of key foul shots coming down there. And I'll tell you, Kev, they're going to look – I mean, Ginobili, and Ginobili missed them too. Oh, Ginobili was so bad. I mean, he gave them a great – was it game five? Was uh-huh. it? And after but that, other six than and that, seven, he was brutal. 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 I mean, here's a guy who was a key part of all those championships, and then he kind of uh, – Flamed out there in the end. Just tries to. For me, he tries to do too much. For every great play he has, he has three turnovers. Yeah, he's. Uh, and it's funny because with him and uh, him and Parker were both, or Parker was out of the game at the end, and a lot of people were questioning Popovich again. Why is Parker out of the game? Same they were when Duncan was out of the game in Game Six. But it's you. I was watching. Parker and I was saying the same thing. I'm like, he is completely out of control right now. He was coming in, dribbling, and the ball was bouncing everywhere. He was uh, sorry. He was uh, he was all over the map, and uh, I think. But I think Popovich had to put him back in in that last minute. But I guess he just figured, you know, and as most coaches do, it's tough to to change things up at the end. Here's what I think. When. When what's his name went out? I'm sorry. Okay, we got we got a call. I think that I think that's a. Yeah, answer the phone, please. Um, when at the end of the game, there, Kev, with eight or nine seconds left, I think you have to go with Tony Parker. Tony Parker is your best player, mm-hmm. so you can you have to go down. You have to go down with, with with your best player. So, to me, Popovich left him open for criticism by not going. For, if you put Parker in the game there and he turns the ball over, well, everyone says, well, you know what? They put the ball in their hands of their best player. Yeah. So you know, we 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 lost. We're going down with Tony Parker. Uh, we got a call on the line. I think that's yeah. Elwood. Elwood from uh, Elwood from uh, Indiana. You are in the matchup zone. Elwood, how are you? Oh, hey guys. All's well in Indianapolis. What's nice. up, Elwood? Oh man, Andrew Luck's coming. That's what's up. But what I called about <laughs> was uh, you guys were talking about Jordan and LeBron, and I think a lot of it has to do with our mindset towards athletes now. I remember when they did an IMAX extravaganza on Jordan, and a local reporter said. You know, this didn't show any warts. If you're going to do a documentary on someone's life, shouldn't you mention the ex-wives? Shouldn't you mention the paternity test? Shouldn't you mention the overload of endorsements? Shouldn't And people just tore into him. How dare you? That's Michael Jordan. Well, I think now we'd have been all over it. Nobody would have went unless there is dirt. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've got that kind of, oh, how great is thou attitude towards our athletes. We want to know all the little dirt on them. And I think it makes it tougher to be considered good because in this country it's 80% talent, 20% media. I mean, Blake right. Griffin is hardly the superstar on the court that he is in the media, but 
That's just our society. And I think a lot of times Jordan's got more credit because we just looked at him that way, and he was great, and, and he did. You know, and he was oversaturated. I mean, cologne, tennis shoes, T-shirts. I mean, the man would sponsor Oakley sunglasses, but be the spokesperson for Nike who had sunglasses. You know, I mean, he obviously didn't care about the products he was endorsing. I mean, the reporter had some very valid points. I mean, the man would would endorse two of the same product. I mean, huh? You know, you know. So great, great point. I just think, I just think he just, I just don't think LeBron's ever going to get the Jordan effect because we don't think that way anymore. I mean, if you made a show like Space Jam's now, you'd be laughed off the planet. You're, yeah, you're not yeah, kidding. You're not true. kidding. You're just dumb. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, Kevin Durant made that one movie, and people, people were burying him for it. Oh, and Shazam or Kazam with Shaq, Shaq. and Steel and. Yeah. All these, you'd be laughed at. But back in those days, if you were an athlete and in a movie, why people went to see that. Well, that that's good stuff. I mean, Dennis Rodman's going to be in a movie with Sylvester Stallone. You know, the yeah. fact it stunk to high heaven didn't matter. Everybody went to <laughs> see it. So, I mean, it was one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, that's right. okay, we're going to go. But I just, I think we've got it. And I think you're right, Twitter has changed the face of stuff. I mean, we love to Twitter, and I think we're kind of moved on. I'm already bored with the heat talk. You know, it's like, you know, and that I'm ready for the next thing. And I think years ago, you talked about it for a month. You know, I remember the slam, the slam dunk contest in the 90s with Spud Webb and all. You yep. talk about that on the bus for four months right. after it happened, where now we'd be bored with it two days later. You know, what's the next? I mean, we talked about the rock and jocks on MTV. You know, did you see Brady Anderson following that fake cactus? Blah, blah, you know, like, what? We're just a different society. Oh, do me a favor. Give us the give us the take uh, how it was in Indiana after uh, the 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 heat uh, the heat win game seven. Uh, Oh, what was the feeling in Indiana? Mixed, mixed because we got that far. We proved that the um, Pacers are a viable team. We proved the Pacers are tomorrow, even without a big checkbook and some superstar like LeBron. We made it. And if they had won game one, which, by the way, wouldn't yep. have took much, it might have been a whole different ball of wax. What? I think a lot of people were proud. You know, blue what's collar, going on? What's going on with Danny Granger? What's going on with Danny Granger? You know what? Are, are, are they going to sign? Nobody here knows for sure, and nobody cares. I think the Pacers have proven that they're going to be a stellar team with or without him. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the mindset people had with Peyton Manning. You know what, Peyton, if you want to go – go, we'll try our hand with luck. If you want to stay, we'll stay and trade luck. We don't really care. That's kind of with Granger. You know, Granger, if you want to go, we'll get somebody new. If you want to stay, stay. Sorry to our listeners out there. Our interns are apparently taking a leak behind the uh, studio right now, if you hear that noise. Oh. I, I, I would, um, you know, I really feel bad for the for you Colt fans. I mean, you go from Manning to Luck. I mean, another twelve years of great quarterbacking. While we're yeah, while, while, us, in Phil, while us in Philadelphia are stuck with uh, Vic and uh, and Foles, and no one knows what's going on here in Philadelphia. Oh, so I, really I like the old guys. For what it's worth, I like yeah. the kid. I think he's got some potential. He's never going to be a great quarterback, but he's going to be a good quarterback. I mean. I mean, you know, you guys got a baseball team. That's something. We, That's we something. had a baseball I mean, our baseball team now, well, would uh, move well, along the two. And, you know, I, guys with some bad contracts. And the Phillies have a big decision to make in the next year yeah, in terms of what are we well, going to do. You with know, if you're ever in a bar in Baltimore with your Colts jersey on, don't ever say, you know, those Mayflower trucks are still uh, revved up to bring the Orioles to uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> 
That doesn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. How's uh, Indiana? How, how the Pacers looking uh, Thursday night? The NBA draft. How are they looking? What do you think? Uh, what, I like on for out there. Well, what, what pick do they have? First of all, I don't have my page and paper in front of me. What uh, pick? Do the I don't have? know for sure because they keep be, changing them. It really they're to the point now where it really doesn't matter. I haven't even really looked that close because they are stacked. This is the team of the future because the Heat. <laughs> is a good team, but it's like Jenga. If you pull out LeBron, it's going to come crashing down. And when you have a team that's built on paychecks and one big person, you're cruising for a disaster. The Pacers, Larry Bird has put together a solid team of good, talented guys that are affordable. You know, and this is a rich history. This is a basketball town who, you know, I mean, I mean, when I was at that, when we had the Knicks here, I kept screaming, you know, go back to baseball, New York. Yeah, it was great. We were taunting them and stuff. But uh, and then yeah. they said something about Reggie Miller and fists almost started flying. But that's okay. But I'm just yeah, saying, I, mean, I haven't even looked. But and as far as the draft goes, they can do no wrong. I'm pumped. Right. This is the most well, pumped I've been about the Pacers in years. Well, well, you know what? You know what, Elwood? I mean, the Heat, the Bulls are going to be much better next year with Rose. They're yeah. physical. The, the Bulls are going to be good. The Pacers are good. The Knicks and Nets, I think, are, are were kind of a one year thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not high on the Knicks mm-hmm. and Nets. The Celtics losing uh, Doc Rivers now. They're a little bit older. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a three way battle between the Heat, Heat Pacers and Bulls next year. And, and I'll tell you what, the Pacers and Bulls can win. Oh yeah, I'm dude. I haven't been this excited in a, I mean, football just totally took me over for about ten years and. It's kind of nice to come back to basketball. You know, it was I, I was waiting in line for Pacer tickets. I thought I'm waiting in line for Pacer to you know, and people right. were excited about it and stuff. I mean, I saw some old guy out today mowing his yard in his Reggie Miller jersey. You know, it's, it's yep, nice to go. see it come back. Now, any any Haywood Workman jerseys out there? Um, only if Butler, uh, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Now, hey, you know who I'm. You know who I wish could come to the Pacers, but it probably won't happen. Is I'm liking Cody Zeller. He's like a uh, young Tyler Hansborough. I'm no, liking but, this kid. More skilled, I think. I think he's a little bit more skilled than than Tyler Hansborough. Probably, but Tyler's a good player. I've had to go to bat for him a few times. No, no he's a good him, player. He's a, he's a hard worker. Um, a beast mode. He can go to yeah. beast mode against the Knicks. We need a few intimidating people, and not that he's overly intimidating, but you know, for for he doesn't he's not covered in tattoos with spiky hair, but you know, <laughs> I mean, he, he can get in there. We That's need a few good. people like that. Although I remember when Ron Artest was on the Pacers, and it was a nightmare. It was just like somebody wearing a black suit with brown shoes. You know, I thought, oh, he does not fit in this town and our mindset. So maybe I probably shouldn't wish for that. Hey. Before I get out of here, guys, you yep. guys were talking about movies, and at my job we do a lot of inspections, and I keep saying, don't be so picky. Pass that. And people say, what movie is that from? I said, Splash. John Candy used to run a fruit market. He'd say, don't be so picky, girls, and I always make that joke. And a couple it's, people wait, at work watched it. Huh? Is that the one when he's to the melon or something? or? No, that's the one with the mermaid with John Candy and yep. Daryl Hannah. <laughs> anyway, I started t- and I told everyone on my line to watch this, and they all watched it, and everybody loved that movie. And it's like the surprise hit of the factory just because I made the little comment. But I thought that's one movie your listeners ought to uh, um, watch again if they forgot it or haven't seen it. It's a totally stupid premise, but it's such talented people, they make it work. But I mean, John Candy is Tom Hanks are hysterical as brothers, and Daryl Hannah is mesmerizing. Do you guys, you guys ever seen it? No, but we're I'm, we'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's I, called I Splash. Think I, remember, I think old. I remember watching it like uh, 
you know, I was like a little kid, and, and I was trying it was to get a glimpse of Daryl Hannah's yeah. boob or something like that. Yeah, nobody at work had seen it, or or maybe it's seen it a long time ago. But I do little. There's a scene where John Candy is. He owns a fruit fruit you know processing place, and he always tells the girls, "Don't be so picky. Pass these." But everything gets passed. You know, it's just funny right, the way right, he right, does right. it. That's and great. everyone, so that's I do that line at work a lot. So everyone watched it to see what I was talking about, and they're just in love with this movie. I mean, I'm not a big Daryl Hannah fan, but she's just mesmerizing. And the whole premise is, I mean, Eugene Levy's in it, and I don't find him remotely funny, and he's funny in this. So uh, that's my pick for the day, folks. Cool. Watch Splash awesome. again. You're going to be shocked. Talented people we'll, can make any movie good. We'll watch it again. We will watch it again. Thank you, you so much. Elwood, Elwood thanks wrong, for calling in. All hey, right, Elwood. Keep listening. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. All right, Elwood from Indiana, there again, joining us uh, in the matchup zone. Uh, yeah, so Splash. Elwood had some. I, I like the way I, he was he, mixing. I like the way he was mixing in the black, the brown, the black suit with the brown shoes. And why? Like, what's wrong with that? I I, I think you can, I, can't you wear. Can't you wear? A, yeah, I think it's navy. navy, navy with brown shoes. That's it. You're yeah. right. Yep. You can yep. wear navy with brown shoes. No, you can't wear navy with black ever. No, uh, no, no. No, you can't. I've I've been really? told. Uh, by who? Axel. I'm not one to match. <laughs> At least in my younger years. Get listen, out of here. Listen, listen, do, do me a favor. Get get Sam Jones on the line, please. Call Sam that. Jones. Thank you. As in, like the guy who played for the Celtics, Sam Jones. No, as in the guy who works at Wawa. Yes, the guy. Oh, that's who I was going to call. <laughs> um. All right, so coming up very shortly and within the next few minutes, we should have Sam Jones on the line. If if, if Zeke the intern figures out how to work the studio and call him. My God, he's gone two days and he's uh. Don't why two, two weeks? It's a nightmare. Um, no, but uh, Elwood with some good points about the uh, about the Pacers. Uh, you know the, the the NBA, Kev. It's really kind of year to year. I mean, you always get the same two or three teams that are always vying for a championship. Um, you know, there's only there's really probably only six good teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of the teams stink. Same yeah. with baseball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's that's what it's that's what it's becoming. Uh, they put the salary cap in place to kind of limit eliminate that. However, it's just it's it's still turning into that because and it's you can see it too in football because guys still want to uh, they want to play together. They want to win championships. You have it live. Oh, God. No, don't hang up. Wow. Hello? Is this Sam Jones? Mrs. Jones, uh, is Sam Jones there, please? We lost it. We lost a good job, Zeke. I mean, Whatever Zeke. just happened, we... Oh, I, Wait, who was that? That was Sam Jones' wife. No, there's no way. Why? All right, you know what? I'm going to call back. Call? Yeah. I mean, dude, seriously. What do I do, though? Oh I blame God. the studio technology. Oh, my God. I mean... Yeah, this is... We have the biggest guest in the history of our show, and we have these two knuckleheads who can't figure anything out. That's ridiculous. Place, see where it says place guest in screening room? Will you click that? Here, oh pass gosh. me the number. Mike, keep keep the show going. All right. Well, we're attempting to, here, 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 here. This is a nightmare. We're attempting to keep Sam we're attempting to get Sam Jones on the line. There's the number there, Kev. Um 
So momentarily, we're going to have Sam Jones coming up. Uh, hopefully. Ten ti- hopefully, 10-time NBA champion. We just hung up on his wife, so they're probably screening our call now. Ten times NBA champ, five-time All-Star, 1983 member of the Hall of Fame, uh, top 50 player of all time, noted for the bank shot. Am I uh, fired? Uh, we, we actually, actually, Sam Jones, is, is. are you calling there, Kev? Or is yeah. he calling in? No, I'm calling there right now. Okay. Zeke, do you hear it ringing? There he is. It's ringing? He's he's on the phone. What do you mean he's on the phone? He's in the screening room. Talk to him. All right, so we have with us, oh my God. first off, we have with us the worst interns in the history of, of radio, and we also have with us Hall of Famer, 10-time NBA champion, Sam Jones. Sam, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mr. Jones, uh, first question, 10 championships, did it ever get old? Well, really, no, it did not. Uh, we played basketball for the fun of it. My first nine years in the league, I had eight championship rings and really didn't even think about it because it wasn't that big a deal back then. Now, 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 Mr. Jones, uh, you played with Bill Russell, considered one of the greats of all time. What was he like as a teammate and a player? <laughs> Well, he's the greatest teammate I ever had in my life because then and now I still think that he was the greatest defensive player to ever play the game of basketball in the NBA. Mm. And so when they talk about great players, his name is not mentioned that often. Yeah, how come? Well, I'm, I'm going to say because of TV. There are a lot of people who didn't get a chance to see Bill Russell like the players of today. When we played, there was either NBC, CBS, or ABC that carried a game. And it only carried games on weekends mostly. And because of that, a lot of people didn't get a chance to see us. The other thing is that TV today is around the world. I mean, everybody in the world sees these players today. So when they make comparisons of LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, I just sit back and reminisce that they they did not have a chance to see Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, or Bill Russell. It's uh, it's so interesting, and we talk about this a lot with the Twitter age and uh, Facebook Facebook age, and how how information is available at your fingertips all the time. Now, do you think that uh, a guy like LeBron James, who who gets so much credit, but he also catches a lot of scrutiny, a guy you know back in your era, how do you think they would have reacted uh, to that to that public appeal? So where everyone pretty much knows your business twenty four hours a day. <laughs> well, I I have no idea uh, about these players of today, but I really LeBron James is a is a a true pro. Uh he's done all that he can do. They've been the three straight uh NBA finals since he joined the Miami Heat. They've won two. 
I'm not going to compare him yet with anybody, but right now, I think he's the greatest basketball player that's playing today. Right. Now, Mr. Jones, you sound like you, you, you still watch the game a lot. Now, you know, obviously you played with the Celtics your whole career. How, how much do you still get caught up in watching them, and how proud of you were, how proud were you when they won the championship in 2008? <laughs> well, first of all, I, you're right. Uh, I bleed Celtics green. <laughs> and you talking about jumping up and down when I saw them in 2008 because before that, it was about 22 years, I think, before that, it was 1986. Yep, exactly. That they had won their last championship game before Garnett and Ray Allen got to the Celtics along with Paul Pierce. Right. And to see them win after 22 years and, and just to see them faltering, uh, they lost Lynn Bias, which was a tragedy. Right. Mm-hmm. And they they lost Reggie Lewis, yeah. who was a, a really – Great ball player, and never got really good draft choices in that many years. So yes, I was a happy man, and I was jumping. I was jumping for joy, just like I was a young man again. So, Mr. Jones, first off, uh, we just want to wish you a very happy birthday. Today's uh, <laughs> today's your birthday, and we're today even more I am eighty years old, as my wife says. You are. An octogenarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking a couple yes. minutes out of your time to join us on your 80th birthday. Um, now, when Jonas got Larry Bird, uh, in, uh, you know, in '79, he kind of helped turn that franchise around too, because the Celtics were pretty bad. Now, you have to understand, Mr. Jones, we're Sixers fans here. We're in the Philadelphia area, so we're not too big on the Celt, you know, those Larry Bird Celtics teams. But you know, they used to uh, put a beating on us pretty regularly in the '80s. Well, I think that uh, before I get there, I'm going to go back to my days of playing basketball. And I thought Philadelphia at one time had the greatest basketball team in the NBA, man for man. Hmm. And I'll name those for you. The the five black guys who started was Chet Walker, Mm -hmm. Luke Jackson, Will Chamberlain, Hal Greer, and Wally Jones. But coming off the bench was a guy who could have started for any team in the NBA, Billy Cunningham. And I think that uh, when you when you put uh, Havlicek matching up against Cunningham, it was even. And so, wow. I, in fact, I've always said that had Chamberlain wanted to be the greatest player to ever play in the NBA. Had he ever wanted to be, I thought that was the person that would be. Yeah, because... the knock... Go I'm right sorry. ahead. Yeah, the, I, you know, the knock, and again, we're a little younger. We we didn't get to see Will Chamberlain, but I'm talking to some people who did. They, they they often say Wilt was a little more concerned with personal achievements than the team. I don't know. I mean, you could probably speak to that a little better than we could. I, I think Wilt could do anything he wanted to do. Uh, let's, let me give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. There's no man in basketball that had ever averaged over 50 points a ball game for an entire mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's no one who has ever out-rebounded Wilt in one game. And I don't know how many uh, block shots that he's had. I don't think they kept block shots back in those days. 
but I only challenged him once in my life, and that was enough. (laughs) One time was enough, and I found out that I was not going to make any layups trying to challenge a guy like Will Chamberlain. So I don't think he really believed in just personal things. I think he wanted to be the best basketball player in the world, but he just did not go all out like a Bill Russell because Will Mm -hmm. had the talent to do anything that he wanted to do. Wow, this is is a real pleasure for us. We are on the line with Sam Jones, the Hall of Famer, Celtics, 10-time NBA champion, five-time All-Star, member of the 50 greatest players of all time. Sam, were there really dead spots in the parquet floor? Of Uh, course, but there were dead spots in all the floors. And the one thing that we did that no other team in the NBA did, when we went to practice on all the courts in the NBA, we always dribbled to find out where the dead spots were just in case we were behind and had to press what we would try to do is send the dribblers towards a dead spot where the ball wouldn't come up the way he put it down, and we would go for the steal. Wow, that's that is uh, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Uh, we well, we we had a very impressive coach uh, in Red Auerbach, and, and guys, let me tell you, the man was a motivator, and he was a dictator, and we loved him. And so, you know, your your relationship with Red Arbach, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about him. Uh, what was his what was his overall appeal, you know, in the in terms of practice, in terms of games? How how would he get you guys motivated? Well, I've I've always said this. First of all, let me let me just put this first, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to answer your question. <laughs> Anybody who gets paid in professional sports. The money that they make, they should be self-motivating. Mm-hmm, right. And you should be ready to play at all times. Agreed. But the one thing about Red Outback, he knew what he had, and he knew what we had to do. And he says, fellas, and, I, and I, 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 this is my life now. This is my life. I live by this. He says, play the best that you can play and do it right the first time. And that's something I've always remembered. When you Mm -hmm. go on the court, you're going to give that 100%. Mm -hmm. And when you're out there, you're going to look for your teammates first, and you're going to look for your shot second. And that's just the way we played basketball. And I think this is why we won championships, because there was not one man or two people scoring 30 points a ball game, but several people scoring 15 and 16 and 17 right. points a ball game. Now, Mr. Jones, you were known for your bank shot. Um, you were really one of the first players to really use the bank shot as an effective tool in, in your game. What do you think? Why isn't the bank shot used as much anymore? I mean, I know I, I know a lot of people think, uh, you know, it's not a glamorous shot, I guess, and it looks a little old school, but why, why do you think more people don't shoot a bank shot? Old school, are you kidding? Every layup is off the backboard. <laughs> Every layup on the side is off the backboard. And when I was in junior high school, that's what we did. So I decided I didn't miss layups. 
left-handed or right-handed. So I decided I would start shooting off the backboard in little shots, and it worked. And so I continued right through high school, right through college, and even in the service. But if you go back to the greatest college coach in basketball, John Wooden at UCLA, he Mm -hmm. practiced every practice that he had those kids they shot off the backboard. And if you get around any of those players who played like Walt Hazard, who was from Philadelphia, right? they shot off the backboard, without a doubt. And they shot it well because he taught it. It is not being taught anymore in the high schools and the colleges. And this is why kids don't shoot it. Right. Now, Mr. Jones, who, do you, who in your opinion, is the greatest basketball player of all time? Oh, you can't ask me that. <laughs> all right, other than how Bill can Russell. I not say how can I not say Bill okay. Russell? Other than, other than uh, how, wait a minute. How can I not say Bill Russell? He played thirteen years. Now listen to this, please. And all your listeners. Okay. He played thirteen years. He went to thirteen division playoffs champions. Twelve of those years. He played in the NBA Finals. Eleven of those years, he won 11 championships. Now, what makes the player the greatest player in the world is the way he, his team responds around him. He makes other players much better than they are. He made me a better defensive player because I knew I had a stopper. Mm-hmm. And so I could play the Jerry West, who I thought was one of the greatest guards to play the game, along with Oscar Robinson when I was playing. He could do that. Even uh, with Hal Greer, who was a great jump shooter at Philadelphia, he, we could go out and play Cunningham. Halichek had a great time at Cunningham because we had Bill Russell. And when you talk about championship, there are two people who put that together. One is Red Auerbach, and mm-hmm. two was Bill Russell. Wow. What, what were those battles with Russell and Wilt like? I mean, were they just epic battles? I don't even want to talk about it because that made me so <laughs> angry. As if nobody else is just Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell was playing. I, t- I asked Red Auerbach one night. Why don't we just let Russell and Chamberlain go one-on-one and we sit on the bench and watch them? Because, those, listen, I'm not jealous, but those guys got all the publicity. Okay, well, now, every right, time me... we played, there was no one on the other teams except Russell or Wilt Chamberlain. What were the battles with Jones and West like then? Yeah. What were those battles like? Tell me again. With Sam Jones and Jerry West, what were those battles like? Oh, man, I hated that guy. <laughs> I hated Jerry West because, let me tell you something, this guy's going to, you, you know he's going to score at least 20 points or more. And he had the quickest jump shot, and you knew where he wanted to get to. But once he jumped, he was just unstoppable. And uh, now, after the game, I didn't hate him anymore. <laughs> but no, no, no. It, it was just on the court, different uniform, and I think that he and Oscar Robinson brought out the best in me when I played against them, and including Hal Greer. 
Wow. What What was it like being a member of that 50th anniversary uh, team? Was that I mean, how 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 big was that for you in your career of accomplishments? Where would you rank that? Well, I certainly rank it at the top. You right. You got to remember, I, I went to a Division two school, North Carolina College at the time, which is now North Carolina Central University. Mm-hmm. My school was less than 1,500 students. And in 1957, I thought I was going to the Minneapolis Lakers. Right. But Red Auerbach, for Red Auerbach, for some reason, drafted me number one in the first round. And, and, and this is interesting because from a Division II school, I became the first African-American drafted in any sport from all the historical black colleges and universities and mm-hmm. the first Celtics to be drafted number one in the first round, African American. Wow, that's and see that, that was that was overpowering to me because of the fact. Now wait a minute, if I'm the number one draft choice, what do I have to prove in order for them? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it's almost like and see, one of my idols was Jackie Robinson. Uh huh. Because I knew what he had to go through. Mm-hmm. And now here I am representing, as a number one draft choice, i got to represent the black colleges and universities. Because mm-hmm. they didn't look down to them to be number one picks, but to be a pick. For instance, we had a guy named Cleo Hill drafted number one. We had a guy named Earl Monroe drafted number one. That, that was coming after and so that that was great for me, and they played in the same conference that I played in. Jeez, I mean, you're, you're... so there, there was a there was a lot of pressure for me to succeed, mm-hmm. but to succeed as a as a teammate, one who played the game, and I like to say, one who knew the basics of the game. Right. Well, that's, that's what I, I tried. Yeah, that's what I think is a little bit lost. You hear you hear kind of guys a little bit older say, you know, the fundamentals aren't quite there. Guys don't shoot the ball as well. Everybody's worried about getting on sports center dunks and the athletic plays. But back when you played, it was just hard-nosed basketball. Guys were fundamental, could make open jump shots, mm-hmm. tough defenders. And I think the game's changed a lot that way. It has changed tremendously. When you look at all the young kids today, especially in the United States, they have forgotten about what fundamental basketball is all about. And just as you stated, they see on Sports Center the dunk, the behind the back, between the leg, pass. But when you look at the foreigners, they are more fundamentally sound than we are, and basketball was invented here in the United States. I know, I know. And if, we, if we're not careful... Watch out. There's well, going to be a lot of foreign ball players here in the United States that are going to have a lot of jobs. I think you nailed it right on the head. When we play in the, you know, the Olympics, I think we have the best players, but the, the foreigners have better teams, and they play a little more team basketball, team-oriented, and that's hard to stop. And I think that goes a little bit about what you were saying earlier with, with the Celtics. You couldn't key in on one guy. You had to key on four, five, six guys where some other teams you could key on one or two guys. And I think it makes a big difference on the defense. 
Well, it does make a big difference when you have people that can shoot the ball and you don't and you're not selfish about who scores the points. And the thing that we we try to bring out with our with our teammates, if we if we run a play and it works, we're going to run that play until you make the adjustment. And like I told uh, I told a player from uh, an opposing team, I said, uh, he said to me, why do you keep running the same play over and over? And I said, listen, we've had four plays on you, and we've made three shots. And when you adjust to that play, we're going to run it from the other side. And he, he just couldn't believe what I was saying. And so, uh, and we did it. And so it's not about who's making the points, but if a person is hot, we're going to make sure he gets the ball. If he cools off, then we call other plays for other for other for other members. We don't we don't all we want to do is get the W. Right. And that's what counted with the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Mr. Jones, Larry Ross told us you're playing some golf these days. Oh man, I played today, and I we won the championship today, and it was my 80th birthday, and and they did not give it to to us. We won it. Now, Larry, did you play golf with Tom Watson last week? Was that Larry? Well, well what happened? All these guys had been up to Marion Country Club okay. for the Open, mm-hmm. and Tom Watson is now the uh, he's the captain of the Ryder Cup. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so Tuesday we were supposed to play for Bruce Hale, who was Tom Watson's caddy. Okay. Who who died from ALS, which we call the Lou Gehrig disease. Mm-hmm. And we raised money for ALS uh, for numerous past years. And so we were up at uh, White Marsh Country Club in Pennsylvania, up near Philadelphia, and we got rained out on the third hole. I had dinner with Tom Watson. My son took uh, photos with him. And I had a chance to sit down at dinner and talk with Tom Watson about the upcoming Ryder Cup. Wow. And he said, Sam, it's not like America being against uh, Spain. Mm -hmm. He says it's like America being against the world. Wow. Because the Ryder Cup for for the foreigners come from all over. It's not just Spain. It, it's it's it can be Italy, it can be uh, South America. They come right. from all over, so uh, we got a tough road to hoe, and we haven't won too many Ryder Cups. No, I know, I know. Um, well, Mr. Jones, I mean, this has been probably the best twenty-five minutes of our lives, uh, <laughs> talk, sitting down talking with you about your past NBA experiences and the great championships teams you won. Uh, we, we thank you so much for you know coming on on your especially on your birthday when you can be doing bigger and better things, <laughs> coming on our show and give us a little insight on your career and uh, things like that. We uh, we appreciate it so much. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. So give my thanks to Larry Ross for getting you guys to call me because right. I've really enjoyed this. I did not know you were from Philly, but if I had known, I might not have. T- Taking this <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I had to tell you after, after yeah. we got you on the line. Well, no, I'm just kidding, guys. Yep. Thank you so much. I really Thank do appreciate you. it. Thank you. Have we a great, have a great have birthday. A great, yeah, have a great birthday. And, and also, you have a great day. Also, thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.
Well, Larry Ross told me, when Larry Ross set this up, he told me, he said, Mike, Sam Jones is the nicest guy you're ever going to talk to. He'll come on your show for as long as you want. He's a class act. I mean, if if there's a nicer guy out there, I, I, I've yet to meet him. I, I honestly, I, I was like, I'm not asking any questions just because I was just, I was so just listening to him speak and just like, I was almost like mesmerized by what he was saying. What you can tell talking to him is he loves basketball. He does. He loves basketball. He loves talking about basketball. He loves the Celtics. And and you could just hear in his voice how excited he was just to be talking basketball. It it's it, And just his the knowledge. And that's what I love uh, about this show is we're able to kind of talk to these guys. And, and just him talking about Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain and, and just, you know, you're, you're see, a, it's a fly on the wall of, of NBA history. See, mo- most of our listeners are the Jordan, LeBron, exactly. Kobe. But you forgot the guys who were the greats who paved the way mm-hmm. for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And, and, and Sam Jones. I mean, you know, he talked about going to the flu- going to the NBA arenas and dribbling the ball, finding out where the dead spots That's, are. That was, that was a great, yeah. I mean, great little piece. I mean, there. obviously now with the state of the technology, state of the art technology, things like that. I mean, there's no dead spots and floors anymore, things like that, but just for them to do that. And it's just, it's pretty impressive. Kev, did you tweet that picture? We have a picture. I did. I did. You sent a tweet out. We just tweeted out. Sam Jones was nice enough to send us a, uh, a picture of him. Uh, it's his autograph with 10 time champs, five time all-star hall of fame, 1983 NBA top 50 picture. Uh, so I think Kev's going to tweet that out now. But that was uh that was awesome. Interns, I hope you guys uh had oh, your no. ears had your ears open, your mouth shut. I kept waiting for my I wanted to ask him a question, but I I just sat here and I couldn't stop listening. I was the same, yeah. And yeah. he's so he's just such he, a nice Larry, guy and he's so knowledgeable. Larry Ross, like you know, again, we thank Larry Ross for helping us yeah. uh, get Sam Jones. He said that he's had dinner with Sam Jones, had dinner with Sam, you know, and he's the nicest guy. He said, Mike, he'll come on your show for as long as you want. I mean, obviously, we could have talked to the guy for another hour, but we don't want to tie him up. He lives down in Florida now. It's his birthday. On his so. birthday, too. That's crazy. Yeah. But he would call, I mean, hey, we get some street cred there. Sam Jones called him on his birthday. Right. I wouldn't even work on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wait, your wait, this, your birthday didn't fall on a Monday. It was a Sunday, it right? It was a Sunday, yeah. yeah thank God. That's why, that's why I changed it. <laughs> All right, we can't we can't do the show Sunday nights anymore, everyone. We're moving to Monday, but then after then after June ninth, back to uh, Sunday nights. Should we tweet that picture, autograph picture of yeah, Bill Walton? I mean, it's it's actually it's staring at me, and I'm kind of getting a little creeped out. Um, I you know what? I can't. I need the interns to to do it because I can't. My phone, I can't. Like I, yeah. I'm not getting any getting any juice here. Larry Ross. Uh, also gave us, a, he was nice enough to give us a picture, an autographed picture of Bill Walton. And we're going to tweet it out. If it's not the goofiest looking dude, I mean, and Axel the intern said it right. The shorts don't help. I mean, the shorts are, they're, they're, I mean, let's call it what they are. They're nut huggers. Well, his knees are knocking, almost his knocking knee, together. His knees are knocking. His shoulder, it's like he's trying to pump his chest out. Yeah. His shoulders are way back. He's got the goofy smile. Um, Kev, did I spell Walton right on that? <laughs> Uh, uh, there's there's one L, <laughs> only no, one L. No, Sorry, uh, son of a gun. Um, but his knees are knocked. I mean, what a goofy looking dude. And you know what, Bill? It's so funny because you know Bill Walton, one of the best of all time. Uh, it's funny because you know we'd like to get Bill Walton on the show, and we're gonna have to send him the picture to be like, Bill, you know, Bill, we have a great picture of you uh, hanging on our studio wall. 
Uh, Bill Walton, short shorts, knees knocking, living the dream. Red hair. Red I hair. I mean, it's just an awful well, look. Uh-oh. Watch what you say. <laughs> red hair. Let me tell you something. Hey, Bill Walton, has red hair. we're making fun of his picture right now. From what I've seen, he's got to be probably one of the nicest guys ever, too. Especially since he played for Coach Wooden, who, like Sam Jones said, the greatest yeah. college coach. Yeah. Well, well, well uh, Larry Ross told me, he said... Uh, he had dinner with Bill Walton too. He said Bill's the nicest guy. I mean, all he wanted to do was talk. You know, nice guy. In fact, trivia question, Kev. Yeah. What siblings? There's only one set of siblings out there that has ever won an NBA championship and a Super Bowl. Luke and uh, wait, an and a NBA Super Bowl, an NBA championship and a Super Bowl. So one brother won an NBA championship. One brother won a Super Bowl. No idea. Bill Walton and his brother. His brother apparently was a guard for the Cowboys. Wow. I guess in the seventies, I would assume. I'm, I'm assuming it was some some. I thought it was yeah. like a Luke Walton, like no, Arizona. No, it's Bill. Bill Walton won the championship, two championships, one with the seventy six Trailblazers, seventy seven, and one with the eighty six uh, Celtics. The eighty six Celtics. So a mm-hmm. uh, little little trivia question there. But he was he was waving the towel, waving he, the towel. On he the was sideline. waving the towel. Um, and it's a shame because you think about Bill Walton and. Uh, just the, how good he was in college and, and how you know good he was those first few years in the Trailblazers before he really became, uh, his injuries really started acting up. And, you know, people still put him on the top 50 list of all time. And you, I think you ha- he has to be considered because uh, for what he's, for what he's accomplished early in his career and how talented he was before injuries took over, uh, he was, he was one of the best. I mean, uh, had to be considered top 50 player of all time just based on his college career and the first few years of the Trailblazers. Talking about turning a team, the Trailblazers, around yeah. and, and making them relevant well, in NBA champions. Yeah, they lost to our Sixers. I mean, they beat our Sixers back in the um, in the late 70s uh, with Dr. J. But uh, call-in number, as always, one three four seven two one five eight one two six. Hit us up on Twitter at the match underscore up zone on Facebook the matchup zone and uh our website www.thematchupzone.com. See Mike Mike makes fun of me for what I say, but then the later in the show he'll take my advice and change the way he phrases it. <laughs> uh oh. We have we have uh respond, Mike. <laughs> What, Sorry, it, I, was jam- I was jamming a chocolate chip cookie in my mouth. It's such a, it's a, it's a crazy night. I mean, uh, I had a, uh, I'm, I'm coaching girls basketball now, and I had a, we had a summer league game, so I went to the summer league game. When I got done the summer league game, I, uh, or I was like there for, for the first half. Shot over here, grabbed some food on the way here, got here, forgot half the equipment, and it just was, it was, a, it was quite a nightmare. And we were trying to scramble and everything, and I didn't even get to eat. So, oh jeez. <laughs> Tweet that out. Tweet it out. Tweet it out. Yeah, sorry. Axel, Axel, the golf pro intern, is never in any pictures because we always make him. And now he's gonna. <laughs> no, we can't use that. We got to delete that. We can't. Yeah, that Zach, out. we you gotta you sit up straight. You look too tired. Um, but uh, you know, great so far, unbelievable show and. Sam Jones, just uh, such a classic act. So oh, much fun to, fun to talk to him and uh, get his perspective on everything. And uh, Well, Kev, Larry Ross, talking to Larry Ross Friday night, um, he said uh, this is just early speculation, Kev, that he may be able to get 
the one, the only Bill Russell on the show. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. We, you know what? This is this. Larry Ross is our director of fun and games and exactly. our promotion. Our promotion guy. He is our promotions director. Uh, director of uh, fun and games. And I'll tell you what. What was that? What the heck? Larry Ross is the funniest guy. Kev, you got to meet. I mean, he is the yeah. funniest dude you've ever met. Well, I, I I owe him dinner right now. I mean, he is just that a was... funny, funny guy. And he said, he said, Mike, listen. He said, I said, I said, I said, Larry, you know, did, would he mind coming on for five, you know, five, maybe ten minutes? He's like, Mike. He said, any friend of, he said, he, you know, he said, I called Sam. He said, any friend of, of yours, a friend of mine. He said, I'll talk, you know. And he said, Mike, he'll come on your show. Doesn't matter. 10, 15, 20, half hour. And he was on our show. He was on for darn near half yeah, hour. That's all. And, uh, you know, just a, just a really nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, we have other we have some other guests lined up. Uh, we talked about, you know, Joe Montana, Brett Hall, uh, Bill Russell. Hopefully Bill Walton will be able to get in. Uh, Mike Kidd, Grillchrist. Uh, we have the women's show where we're going to get Elena Deladon, uh, Christine Matera, Caroline Doty. Kind of get those, them in. And, uh it should be so. It should be a fun summer. We got a lot lined up. Uh, so so keep listening this summer. Uh, we'll be able to do some live shows. We're gonna get out there and uh, and do some of those. And it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I think. Uh, you know, Sam Sam really set the precedent for guests. I think he was just he was just unbelievable knowledge wise and just I love see I love talking to people when and they they have that nice pause. Yeah. Where they don't need to say anything, you're just hanging on every word now, where they can I, yeah. pause. And like I told you before the show started, I said, Kev, I think he's going to be the kind of guy where you don't necessarily need to fire questions. Uh-huh. You're just going to ask him, and he's just going to start talking. Yeah. And it was kind of like, you know, and you could just tell everything flooding back to him. And I mean, you know, he probably wanted to come through the telephone when I asked him who the greatest player of all time was. <laughs> um You know, but I, I guess it's hard to say. When, but he's right. The guy. I mean, he's won, I think... I think Russell won 11 championships, 10 as a player, one as a coach, I think. Um, I think for the one, he was a player coach. Player coach? Mm-hmm. when that was still allowed. Okay. Is that yeah. Kenneth, too? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're um, coaching your player. That's it. That's but, two rings right there. But 11, you know, winning 10 rings. But you know what? Also, Kev, I was told that, and, you know, you kind of know, they did have the best players on one team. Exactly, yeah. You know, but, hey. Hey, ten. You still can't. You still have to go out and play the game. Could you imagine if a team won five straight championships now? It would be insane. If the Heat, like if the Heat keep winning and they they keep going and and win another one next year and three and then they win four, and then they win five and people will people will be losing their minds. But you know, you talk you talk to Sam Jones and I loved how we talked about the errors and how important it is that people go back and and almost embrace that 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 error and say you know what. It's, it's different than it is today. They couldn't. I loved him when he talked about there. You could only watch like one game a week. And, You're only, and it was always the Celtics. Exactly. So, uh, got a team like Portland or and the Lakers are always playing. The Sixers are playing a lot, but some of these other teams, the Bucks, I guess when they had Kareem, but. You're not really playing. You're not really playing in front of a national audience, so people just yeah, don't I mean, really care. As I mean, much. now there's NBA League Pass. You can watch. You can watch the Timberwolves play the Suns on a, on we a have, Tuesday night in February. We right? have ESPN on, and they're they're doing an entire thing where they're breaking down every single kid who's in the pretty much a first round first round draft pick, right. and they're they're talking to each of them. I mean, the the coverage is insane. That's 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 available to us right now, but. Uh, you know, just just a different error. And how would these players react in the Twitter era? How much, how would these pretty 
players react when every single thing they do is scrutinized. I thought he uh, I, I had kinda, some good I, insight. I kind of liked when he also said when we you know we're talking. He was kind of talking about LeBron James and these guys and Jordan, and he said. You know, he said, when all these guys talk about the greatest of all time and Russell's name doesn't get brought up, and it really doesn't. No. And he said, I just kind of sit back and just laugh and let everybody talk. And he kind of, you know, you can almost hear, you know, him saying to himself, like, listen, you guys can talk all you want. I know. I know because I know I've lived it. Uh-huh. You know, so all these guys who've never, you know, been in an NBA locker room, been on an NBA court, I have. I've won 10 championships with the guy. The guy made everybody better. And I know who the greatest player of all time is. Mm-hmm. So talking a little bit, uh, talking a little bit, we're about the the publicity and, and the scrutiny you're under. Uh, the top story this week: Aaron Hernandez, the uh, New England Patriots tight end, under scrutiny, under under investigation for for tampering and possibly murder investigation. Uh, same thing. You, who knows what what went on back then? But now, I mean, you have right. people camped out in front of his house. These guys are camped out watching every single thing. There was a picture I saw on ESPN where it was Aaron Hernandez looking through his window, and people were it, was, it got tweeted thousands and well, thousands of times. Like, really, you have the, it's just who it's it's so much scrutiny, and you're it's like we talked about before in the court of public opinion, you are guilty until you are proven innocent. Right. It's the it's not that's not how the, our judicial system was built. But in the court of public opinion, with cases like that, you are guilty until proven innocent. Everyone thinks Aaron Hernandez now, did it. Well, let me ask you a question, Kev. Let, let's yeah. say you're a detective, Detective Owens. Okay, you're on the case, and you hear he destroyed his security system. Mm-hmm. He destroyed his cell phone, which I'm guessing there was a picture on it. Yeah. And a cleaning. And he brought in a cleaning crew the next day. Oh yeah, I think the the, the I mean, evidence that, is overwhelming. I mean, especially if they're not gonna if if something if they're yeah. not gonna charge him with with uh, murder, I know they, one, the the obstruction of justice charge will definitely be. I know brought one there. thing. That's less. Uh, he that's did less, something. That's less evidence than OJ. And OJ's, OJ got away with it. Yeah, and it's you know who who knows what what what's gonna happen, but uh oh, Zeke, go ahead. From someone who watches um, hours of Law and Order every weekend, I can tell you if he didn't do it, he was he was either there or right. he knows who did it. Now, first off, here's, here's my question. Go ahead. Why why destroy the cell? I mean, now the only reason I would think because I watch a lot of these FBI shows, the only reason Great I think shows. you would just the only thing I would what do you say? It's an FBI show. But... The law and order is not an FBI. I'll show. watch any of those. The, shows. the only reason I think you destroy your cell phone is they still have the call records. The tower picks those up, so you can destroy your phone, but yeah, the FBI it's not still knows. Yeah. The only reason I think you destroy your phone is a picture. If you destroy that SIM card, that picture's gone. Yeah. Unless you send it to somebody, and then somebody else has that picture. But why else do you destroy a cell phone? Why would you take a picture of whatever uh, whatever you're doing? Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. People are dumb. I'll give you. I'll give you an example, Kev. I'm at the gym yesterday, LA Fitness at eight. You know, the gym opens at eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we get there early. I'm there, they were there like ten up, and there's like twelve of us waiting outside. Okay, the gym the gym hasn't opened yet. Uh-huh. We hasn't got there. Twelve of us waiting outside, ten of eight. Guy gets out of his car real quick, and you kind of know the regulars from being there every week early. Guy gets out of his car, young kid, about twenty five. He comes, you know, very aggressively walking up to the door, and he walks up and he approaches us, and he goes, "Is the door open yet?" Yeah, dude, the door's open. There's yeah, 12 just, people. We're just yeah, hanging out. Yeah, we're grabbing a we're, smoke break. Yeah, we're doing wind sprints in a parking lot today. I, I mean, seriously, the, is the door open yet? And well, people, people are just always, dumb. People always do stuff like They're that. Stupid. Well, people also don't want are too lazy to like. I mean, they don't want to be. They don't want to be. 
who knows? They're just like they're dumb and they don't feel like being embarrassed when that when that happens. Now going back to going back to Law and Order. First off, Law and Order. I've yet to see a Law and Order where it's a clear cut case where it's cut and dry. It's always the it's always the person you first suspect is like the is like the one who ends up being the most well, innocent. Who would watch it if it was clear cut? Yeah, but that's the thing. So if like, he, oh, what do you know? This guy did it. The same guy we said did it five minutes into the show. But they, they, I'm tuning out. I'm going to bed. Somebody's <laughs> will turn it off now. This guy. Oh, so it's murder. Why? Why is this an well, hour show? Zeke, did you see that new show? Who done it? Do you see that? There's a new show on like it's ABC. Like Clue, right? Yeah, it's exactly yeah, like Clue. I haven't seen. I've seen the previews. Right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I'm really. Int- I'm really. I like those FBI shows. But it's not an FBI show. It's like but a I butler. Like the crim- it's a butler. But dies. I like the criminals aspect. Anyway, getting back to Aaron Hernandez now. Gronkowski's out with the surgery. Uh huh. They they've gone from having the best, the two best tight end combo in the league to. Is they're they're, 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 trading, I, they're, they're trying to trade for a tight end. Dare I say, Kev? Tim Tebow? Timothy Tebow at the tight end? Jeez. It's a conspiracy theory. It really is. That's – I guess if, I mean, God, he, if God destroyed that <laughs> if God destroyed that uh, security system and phone, then, yeah, then there's going to be a lot of believers. Because he's not – I mean, he's, his career – I mean, he's not playing. I mean, oh, Hernandez. No, Hernandez. Oh, Hernandez is yeah. not playing this year. Yeah. That is that is a pretty good good point. Gronkowski – Infections, back surgery, can't, can't porn, get over. stars. Yeah, he needs to get over the infection before he can have the back surgery. Now he's out. Hernandez isn't playing. It really, it really wound it. It really came, came I mean, into a really, play. I mean, God is really looking after Tim Tebow. He is. Not Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> evidently. But you know what? It's the same. Remember Jason Williams from the Nets did the thing? He shot the yeah. limousine driver or something like that. Then he, then he jumped in the pool and he, he, Burned his clothes. I mean, these guys just like you know the FBI has so much stuff that can just, you know they can trace you back. And Kev, I don't care. He could have brought forty-five cleaning crews in that day. Uh huh. They'll still find. Still find the, the, they use a thing called Luminol, where they they um. You like that, Zach? Luminol. Where, Was that on the Law and Order? I think Mike's actually a secret undercover <laughs> FBI. Believe me, it's, believe me, it's my dream job. I would love to be an FBI agent. But they use Luminol where second to radio host. Yes. Uh, you know, on the floor, it could look clean. You clean it with Clorox, all that stuff, and they put this. They shine this light with what's called luminol, and there's still traces. Of, the floor looks perfectly clean. And it'll just be a whole blood spot. Like they, they always find the one speck of blood, blood spatter, not splatter, Zeke, blood spatter, like on the baseboard. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing the stuff they find. Blood spatter. Well, I guess that's why. They're in that business. The technology is has increased for them to making it pretty much impossible. And you, and, and you know what kills you nowadays, honestly, Kev? The cell phone. I mean, you yeah. could say, hey, I was home sleeping. Well, let me go to the cell phone. Well, it says that this tower in Minnesota picked was picked you up. You yeah. up. I mean, you know, like the cell phone now, you're done. You're done. And it's so funny because people who wanted to commit crimes who are criminals, I watch, I watch Boardwalk Empire. It just seems so easy back then. Like you could just... Like the police well, come in and they're just like, "Hey, did you do it?" And they're like, "No." And they're like, "Okay, okay see you I later." Like well, the DNA I think came around like in the late '80s, where yeah. you know, before Even DNA, 70, like yeah, you, uh, before DNA, Kev. I mean, you know, it was hard. I mean, you had to have the smoking gun. I mean, you exactly. had to have physically see somebody shoot somebody. Uh huh. But now with DNA, I mean, they can trace you back to anything. It's true. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how many cases obvi- or of pe- of either wrong wrongful identity where wrongful people imprisonment. yeah people were in prison for the for crimes they didn't commit, or just just people just killing. I mean, you look at some of these cases that were co- come to light now that DNA testing's allowed and they still had cold cases and things like that. 
Guys are going to prison. Like 90-year-old men are going to prison because they killed someone when they were 20 years old. And now the DNA testing is right. there. It's like it's unbelievable how much technology has grown. So or or the opposite. Yeah. Someone's in jail exactly. for 25 years, and then the DNA, oh, wait a second. Exonerated, Hold on a yeah. Second. yeah. Well, the guy won the um, the ESPY a couple years back, the boxer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in prison for a long time. A long time. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. I watched that. Right mm-hmm. But uh, the the tip out there for all you all you listeners, don't commit a crime, because you're not getting, no one's getting away with anything anymore. Well, I told Rachel. I said I watch all these shows. I said Rachel, I never have any shot at killing you because because <laughs> you, you kill your fiance, you kill your wife, girlfriend. I mean, you're the first suspect. They oh, come yeah. at you first. They said the smartest criminals will make an average of twenty mistakes. Yeah, it's I just it's. There's no, there's no, the way the system is. There's no reason to ever commit a crime again. It's it just you're just gonna wind up in jail. Like I, why even bother? Yeah, I mean, you know, even like the I, biggest, even the biggest drug dealers, even the biggest, uh, the the big bad bosses and all this. We talk Sopranos. Everyone's it's all gonna catch up to. You. Eventually, everyone goes down. John Gotti went down. You know, the biggest drug kingpins in this world have all gone down. Tony Merlino. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. it's just, it's inevitable. Everything's going to eventually catch up. Well, you know up. what it is? These guys get greedy, too. Like, especially guys like the embezzlement and all these guys with uh, all these white-collar crimes, the, the guys, the bookies and stuff like that, they get greedy. I mean, I, I knew a guy, uh, I knew a guy in my gym, his name was Jack Bushimi. It turned out he was a big, it turned out he was a big, big bookie in, in Philly and, uh, you know, friends with Merlino and all that. The guy made $53 million one year. How much did he claim? Oh, I, no, no, no. I think he uh, I think he cleared like 50, like, that's how much, but he got greedy. Yeah. And he, and he kept going, kept going, and he got caught, and now he's in jail. Dude, if I'm making, 53 if, million. Dude, if I, if I get $53 million one year, I'm done. Like, that's yeah. enough for me. Uh-huh. I don't need any more. If I get like a million, I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. But these guys get greedy, and that's when you get caught. You know, the bank robbers. Oh, I got away one time. I'm going to do Oh, I got away. Yeah. You know, dude, just just take your money and cut your losses and be, on, and be done with it. Aaron Hernandez, whatever you did or didn't do. And the thing that, that was interesting is he uh, – people talk about this. He's He's obviously getting chased around by a helicopter. He goes over to the Patriots practice facility. Dude, just go, if I'm if I'm him, I'm sprinting. I'm like I'm driving directly to the police station and be like, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I saw my name on here. What's going on? If yeah. I have nothing to hide, whoa, buddy, why why am I I'm, that, here? Here here's the handcuffs. No, I know. I, I'm I need to talk to you because I did not do this. And that's and I think you bring up a good point. Like, why aren't you going and saying, listen, dude, you got the I wrong guy it. here. Exactly. And you could you could test me for anything. You could test the DNA. Look at my house. But when you start. You know, um, he might get caught for uh, UFAP. Zeke, UFAP, unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. I'm busy right now. Don't, don't say I'm my sorry. name. He's trying to find. He's trying to find the box. Um, no, I'm not. I didn't even try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good work. But I, I hear that all the time when these shows. Uh, we arrested him for UFAP. It's like when you, the, the police are questioning you, and then all of a sudden, the you know the criminal knows that the police are on them, and they and they they beat feet. I don't really watch many of these. Shows. Uh, I I watch normal. Start. I every once in a while. Uh, I don't watch Seinfeld, but I watch the yeah. FBI files or Criminal Pursuit. Sarah will have it on. I'll pop it on here and there because it is interesting. And, and my wife uh, was a undergrad. She was a uh, forensics and uh, no way. or she was a she was a criminal justice and all that. Forensics. So, so she was into all that. So, but now it's just she's uh, 
she doesn't do that job anymore, but it's just like she'll still watch it because she has interest, and I'll, I'll tune in and watch it here and there. I just like everything's too dramatic. Like all those FBI, all those shows, like oh this guy, oh this guy killed somebody, and everything's just so dramatic. It's just so, dude. Well, killings are pretty dramatic. I mean, yeah, they are. But what do you mean like oh that siren? It's on again. Yeah, it's just uh, everything's. Even if it's not interesting, even if it was just a, a, a quick crime, a passion, and it's just boom, boom, done, it's still just – they just drag it out for an hour-long episode, making it so dramatic. I just I – just, that's what I – and that's what bothers me about Law & Order is I guess that's why it's interesting, and they're always always going to try to turn it and have all these twists and turns and things that are going to make me uh, – I don't know, get, keep second-guessing my original thought, but – like really? I just I, I I don't have an hour of my life to to sit there and watch a, a made up story about that's so ridiculous. Sometimes, I think I I just. But you'll watch Seinfeld? three episodes yeah. of Friends back to back. I watch I watch Game of Thrones. I, listen, I watch Game of Thrones about a fantasy made up land more than I would watch uh, FBI I, Files of Walter. I've never seen Game of Thrones. You talk about it all the time, but what I have been just killing, Kev. And I was telling Axel and Zeke earlier, I've been watching Sopranos on HBO Go. Like, you can't Can you st- Maybe you should stop yeah, talking no. about that because I feel like uh, and, you're going to kill uh, – Christopher? Yeah, Christopher. Paulie? Yeah, all, I, there's, there's going to be, like, more Sopranos death and more, I, and every I, time you I talk about this. I was going to have a hard time watching it now that he's dead. Like, I, I have a hard time watching Superman now, knowing that Christopher Reeves fell off the – like, I don't know. I just – He didn't die when he fell off the horse. He was just messed up. He died eventually because yeah, of it. Because it, of the horse. Yeah, right. I mean, it was I, like it was yeah, like a I mean, twenty-year battle. That was the end of. I mean, you know, once he fell off the horse, that was. Uh, so did you not like watching watching Superman after he fell off the horse? It was tough a little bit because he was a good-looking dude, like in good. Sh- I don't know, like, I don't know. Yeah. But watching Tony like uh, Sopranos, I can still watch. I don't know. It hasn't. I don't think it's sunk in yet. It's, it hasn't sunk in yet. We'll see. Give it, give it a few weeks I and guess, see if you're still. I guess the movie that's that's not. I mean, think, think about how think about other other shows that are out there, other movies that that are out there where, where you're watching and someone passed away. I mean, I watched City Slickers the other day. Jack Palance died, and I was still Jack laughing. Jack Palance is dead. I think so. Zach, look that up. Jack, Jack Palance. Palance. You know who he is, Zach? Zeke. He's the guy in the first Batman, Michael Keaton, who's um when Jack uh, yeah. Nicholson comes in, he's behind the. Uh, you know, he's behind the desk or whatever. But anyway, um, you know what really hit me hard, Kev? Because I was a huge Three's Company yeah, he fan. he died in 2006. Did he? Yeah. I was a huge Three's Company fan, and I still remember... John Ritter. Yeah, I still remember where I was when I heard he he died. He was, uh, he was a good... I mean, he was like physical comedy. He yeah, was great. he was great. He was great. You know what's funny? I went to visit my, uh, my friends out here out in L.A., and we were walking, and on the side of this one school, there's a. I took a picture of it because I was just like, "That's so bizarre." On the side of the one school, there's a. I think it's where where John Ritter might have gone to school, but there's a huge mural of him on the side of the building, and we walked right past it, and I took a picture of it because I was just like, "That was that's just odd that there'd be," and you know, I I I've seen Three's Company. I like John Ritter. I think he's been in some stuff that I thought was funny. Bad Santa was hilarious. I think that was his last movie, actually. But Problem Child. Problem Child. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Problem good. Problem Child was funny. Well, Problem get, Child was funny. Yeah, getting back to the lead actors, I mean, you know, you look at guys like Archie. What were we, ta- were we talking about lead actors? Well, earlier in the show. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going back. We just got done talking like two minutes. We're getting back to that. Getting back to that and six another, weeks ago. On another note, um, getting back to that, yeah, I mean, Brian Zubek uh, on his uh, cream puff shop, but um, we had uh, we had uh, Ar- you know Archie Bunker, guys like that, Sherman Helmsley, uh, Seinfeld. I think Tony Soprano. I mean, who's the who's the lead guy of The Wire? I hear that's really good. Well, the thing is, that's the, I was because the, the Wire just got. Uh, there was a big article about again, and it won again for uh, I forget what magazine it was, but they just did a best TV shows of all time. And Wire, it's probably the every major publication has pretty much said that The Wire is the number one, or if not really? number one, number top well, five. Well, what are the top? And you know what, you got the, the if you haven't seen it and you guys love that FBI and the, this is oh, the best show. Well, this is the best show. I was talking to somebody who said they go wire over to Soprano. Like they said, the wires just the wires. I mean, because it's all about. Who's in it? it, it, That's the thing. Every there's a lot of no name actors. I mean, they made a name for themselves after, but you wouldn't find the lead actor like Tony Soprano was the lead actor. He's in every single episode. He's 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 the main focus in every single episode. The wire. It bounces around so much. I mean, McNulty uh, was probably the most recognizable uh, of the guy, of the characters. He's probably the most the one everyone associates the most with. But there's a whole entire police unit. Then there's the whole entire uh, street you, streets. It's like you, you see the, the side of the police. Then you see the side of the streets. Then you see the side of the uh, of the government and of the lawyers and of the judicial system and things like that. And it's, you're, it's just taking you through all these tales and they all become intertwined. And it's the cops are chasing the bad guys. The bad, the cops and the bad guys work together here. And it's just, it's so intertwined and just perfect. You have to, if you have not seen the wire, it is a show that I a hundred percent recommend. It is the best show on TV. It just won again. And I think you Mike and you Zeke would, would, would love it. Axel, you probably too. <laughs> yes, Zeke. Uh, we just got a tweet that Brian Shaw is the new Denver Nuggets coach. Wow. I just checked ESPN, and it's not there yet. And you know what? Uh, the other... Who, wait, who... So don't get ahead of... I don't know if... Well, you know what the other story is that... Is who, tw- that uh, who tweeted that? The other story is Doc Rivers is getting traded now to the Clippers. That's the sources are saying that was on ESPN that Doc Rivers is now going to the Clippers. Yeah, and it trade. was kind of up in the air that the NBA would approve it. Yeah, yeah. because you're not allowed to have play. But they did. Did, did, did Mike then. Davis tweet that? No, the MikeDavis.com. So I assume it was um, Renee. Oh, great. I mean, it's not on ESPN. We had a little, that was a nice little romantic. Yeah, uh, you want to dance? We'll yeah. do the lights here in the studio. Mike Davis, uh, Hank Davis's brother, huge, huge, huge Brian Shaw fan. Um, why not be? I mean, well, why? Well, no, I go the I go the other way. Success. I go the other way. Why be? Well, I mean, why are you a big Brian Shaw fan? Well, you look at Tom Thibodeau, okay, and you think this guy was a successful assistant coach okay. with the Celtics. His first head coaching job, he wins NBA Coach of the Year. So he proved you can go from being a successful. Now, where is he? The Pacers now. Shaw, yeah. Shaw, yeah, he Denver. went from the Lakers. No, to but the oh yeah, the past yeah. Two years. Now, now that's got to eat it. That's got to eat it, Shaw. I mean, here's Jason Kidd, who retires and is an NBA head coach two weeks later. Brian Shaw's been a top assistant for all these years, and the guy, you know, was fighting to get an NBA job. Now, where does that leave for George Carl? Is he going to Memphis or is he coming to the Sixers? 
No one wants to come to the Sixers. It's unbelievable. I mean, we are basketball. We're we're where people. It's like where basketball goes to die, Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, for all the well, great, like like Sam Jones said, like Philadelphia's had so many great teams. He mentioned that '67 team, the '83 like the '83 Sixers are one of the top teams of all time. And now, like, we can't get anybody to come here, play here, or do anything. What's well, funny because Aaron, uh, yeah, I heard, yeah, Aaron Adams or Aaron Asham, Aaron Adams, Aaron Adam, Aaron Adam, uh, got fired today. Adam Aaron, Adam Aaron, Adam Aaron. Yeah, got fired today as the CEO of the of the Sixers. Did he really? Yeah, he, yeah, he he's out. That, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, they lost. He, he's out now, so it's pretty interesting. Good riddance, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean that guy was brutal. And, yeah, he's not a basketball guy. No, he's, he's not at all a basketball guy. guy. And you know, with his what he's trying to do, he, he had the what 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 a complete cluster f that was with the mascots he had about everyone voting the mascot and then we didn't have a mascot and we still don't have a mascot I it's like what one, are you doing who get, like if yeah, you're working on a mascot buy, yeah. get, get, get a good player in here how exactly. about that you bought buying them everyone had the press conference everything like that guess what it didn't work get back to work which is what sam hinkey's doing and saying and you know sam hinkey gm but you still have to shore up the rest of the everything no, we, else around we have some bad gms i mean what about ruin tomorrow jr oh jeez, he is just and Ben Revere, and you know what? It's not even that. What about the? And this is what bothers me, and this is what I talked to my family about. Uh, Did you get that ruin, ruin tomorrow, Junior? Yeah, I love you. Heard that. But uh, the the thing that bothers me, and you know, I I'm I'm jaded because I've seen the, uh-huh. the good end of it. Uh, but the scouting system, who's who's the lead, who's leading the scouting? Who's who's saying Ben Revere should be our center fielder? Who's saying that? Uh, we should we should trade for this guy or trade for this guy. Like who's well, we we bring Delman Young in to hit home runs and drive and runs. The guy's hitting two twenty two. He stinks. And it's it's the thing. Like who who is the who is in charge of our of our scouting department right now? That's saying of the Phillies we're talking about. Who's in charge of the Phillies scouting report department? Saying these are the players we need to bring in right. because every player that we brought in besides Cliff Lee and Roy Holiday have. Dunk. Well, and it's just it's just know, a wasting money. Why are the Braves good every year? I mean, you always see exactly. you never see the Braves get old. You know, like Chipper Jones was the one elder statesman, really, but they, they, you know, they surrounded him and filtered in some young guys. You know, you bring in Hayward, and you bring in all these young guys. You bring in the pitchers. Um, you know, you bring in uh, who's their first baseman, uh, the left-handed kid. I can't think of his name right now. Nah, who cares? But they, they always bring in the young. Now you look at the Phillies. I mean, we have Utley and Howard look old. Howard's yeah. old. Um, you know, Ruiz you have to make a decision on. Michael Young you bought for one year. He's going to be on after this year. I mean, they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot. That's why I think you have to get rid of Pavelbon, trade Cliff Lee. You need to yeah. trade Cliff Lee for two position players. I mean, right now, the worst thing that I think they ever did, and I'm never, ever going to, there's no one that can tell me otherwise, was get rid of Hunter Pence. I think Hunter Pence gave you that that what you needed in that outfield. Yeah, he's, you, a, he's a he's a locker room guy. But he was a knucklehead though on the on the field. Yeah, but, but who that, cares? But who we have been yeah, playing? But, Delman Young's playing right field. A, a fly yeah, ball almost went over his head, yeah, and he can't hit nearly as well. I as agree. Hunter Pence. But do you remember when we got rid of Victorino and Pence? We went on a nice little run, and yeah, but yeah, we, did. what did what happened? When ended up happening? Pence won a World Series. He did. He did. We didn't but, make the playoffs. But you know what? You have to kind of. You have to kind of retool a little bit. You had to change I, the face of the franchise. I you had to change, get get new life into the in the, and play, I agree in the clubhouse. There, the, the, you, there needed a, a change needed to be made. However, I was I was fine getting rid of Victorino. I think his time had come and gone. Pence just kind of got here. He liked it here. He was enjoying it. He was 
playing well. No, I even no. understand he was a knucklehead in the field sometimes. Look who we have playing in our outfield right no, now. Ben Rivera had a fly ball go over his head. Delman Young well, almost well, had, it's like Hunter Pence was a Hunter Pence was a travesty in right field. Yeah, but so let's who, go eat Delman Young. Let's but, go eat, right, Zach? Let's go eat exactly. I I was sad when he got traded because I modeled my haircut after Hunter. <laughs> The old, about a year and a half, and then once he left, I couldn't do it anymore. The right? old, the old uh, mullet. Well, you know what's funny? Mohawk so, you, you mentioned that he goes, he goes to the Giants, wins the World Series. Well, sometimes you have to clean out the bad eggs, you know. Like yeah, but he, who are we get in return? Well, the Flyers get rid of Carter and Richards, and they go, to, they go to the Kings and win a championship. Exactly. But, but they were bad dudes in the clubhouse. Like you had to get yeah. rid of those guys. Yeah, but Hunter Pence wasn't a bad guy in the clubhouse. People liked him. He was, he worked hard. He came to right. play. He every single day. He was goofy and funny, but like. He came to play every day. I, I would never, ever forgive this organization. I think getting rid of Hunter Pence was a mistake. I think you were just trying to dump everything. Well, it was a mistake. You know, well, looking, looking on it now, it's a mistake to get rid of Victorino, too. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, Ben Revere stinks. But you, you, it's not even a mistake to get rid of Victorino. You got rid of him. It's a mistake to bring in a guy who your scouting system thinks right. is like who said? Yeah, like you said, exactly. who said, this guy's going to be our – this guy's yeah. a good choice. He's going to be – he's 24 Forget years the old. Span. Let's get him. He's 24 years old. He's gonna he's gonna grow up in Philadelphia. He's not. Even, they're they're talking about benching him, and that it could go either way. But you have to see if you're watching this guy every single day. If you're a scout and your your job is to watch so and so, so and so, and so and so. If you're not watching him every single thing, if you're not watching his technique, or if you're just if you're just not that good, then you need to be replaced. It's it's who's in charge. It's just it's not what it used to be. The Phillies scouting system is not what it used to be, yeah, and it's, it's frustrating not, to for me because not, I, no, I, I see it. Yeah, from, I, lived it. I lived it, and I see it, and I'm just like, this is not this is not right. This but, is not how it should but, be. But see, now here's the thing too. Like, when when in ten years when we look back on this Phillies team from 2006, what and from 2006 to 2012 or 13, how are you going to give me one word that sums up that era of Phillies baseball? 2006 to 2013. You're, you're, it's going to be a it's going to be a bright spot. It's going to be something because 2000, 2000, you won a World Series in 2008. Yeah. You were in the World Series again 2009, 2010. You were pretty much you, you, the, you, you won, won the division series. Or, yeah, you won you won 90 something games and then lost in the first round. But you were but, on you're on a high see, note and then you started you you bought the wrong players. You tried to buy a team as opposed to breeding how, a team. How the championship get you in terms of a free pass? I mean, oh, I think ten to, years. To, no, see, look at no, look see, at nineteen eighty in nineteen even the even in nineteen eighty nine with West Chamberlain and Von Hayes, you still rooted for the Phillies because Rick Shue, Rick Shue exactly. You but, had but, still rooted but, for him, Ricky you, Jordan. You, you did root for him, Kev. You did root for the Ricky Jordans and those guys, but I, I think they needed one more championship in that run. I mean, and they all, what they went to the World Series again in '83. Well, well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the, the Phillies in '08. I oh, think yeah. they needed one. You know, they went. Well, well, think of this: they won the World Series in '08. They lose the World Series in '09. In 2010, they lose in the first round. No, no, they, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. In 2010, they lost in NLCS. Yeah. And then 2011, they lost in the Cardinals. Lost in the first round. 2012, they didn't make the playoffs. So they've decreased. They've declined every single year, and they're not gonna make the playoffs this year. But here's the thing: it's not. And that's what they don't. Understand. That's what you have to. These people need to understand. You don't need to completely retool. We don't need to get rid of everyone. You still have Howard. You still have Hamels. You still have uh, Utley. They, they, although they're not the same players they were before, you have to build around them. I thought they were doing that with a guy like Pence, but then you bring in guys that were are, are they're not. 
proven commodities. And that's that that's the problem. Delman Young, yes, he's good, but he was a he was really not playing the field all that much for the Detroit. Yes, he was the ALCS MVP. He could hit, but he wasn't really playing the field. When you when you put someone in position to play the outfield for the entire time, it changes the whole dynamic well, of the game. You put Ryan Howard in the American League right now as a pinch hitter, he's going to be well, a dominant force because he doesn't have to sit there in first base for why, why isn't three Darren, hours. Why isn't Darren Ruff playing? Why, why isn't he up here playing all the time now? Where, is it, where are you going to play him? Right field. Left field. I mean, left field. Left field. Well, Dominic Brown's in the left. Right field. Yeah. Really? I mean... I mean, really. What's the, I mean, what, what, what are you going to lose? That's what I mean. What are you going to lose? I mean, you're set with you're set with you're set with um, Dominic Brown. Yeah, he's 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 you proven know, himself. That's been the one. Yeah. And you know, he's he's kind of on a slump now, but yeah, I don't but, care. Yeah, I, but, I'll, yeah, I'll, everybody goes. For what on a he slump. showed, he's fine. Um, here's the problem you're running with the Phillies. Catcher next year, oh. you have a big decision to make with Utley. I think uh-huh. I think I don't think you can resign him. I, I just don't think you can. And you know what, Utley might he might take less because he likes. No. We owe it to him to try. Yeah, we I mean, look what you no, did with Jim. No, we don't owe it to him. That's, I think that if you win a championship, you owe him to at least try and. Yeah, but that's what happened with that's what happened with Jimmy here's too. The pro- but here's the problem, Zeke. Here's the problem. You're thinking, oh, we like you have to think business. We don't know. You can't play anymore. Your knees are deteriorating. You're on the downside. You're on the the wrong side of thirty. See you, dude. Thanks He's for the memories. Sign into the same kind of deal he has now, but you have to offer him a contract. You why, can't why, why do you have to? Why? He's done. You're and telling I've... me if he, if you let if they let him walk without even trying to resign him, that wouldn't make you even a little bit upset. You know what? Not really, because I, we've seen the better. We've seen the best of Chase Utley. The the best of Chase Utley is way behind him. But as with being one of the greatest second basemen we've ever had. Yeah, probably. He's earned the right to finish his career in Philly. Yeah, but that, and I, I agree with Mike here. I, I don't know. It, we have to look at it as a business. Yeah, when you're a GM, you can't let emotion right. trump everything else. I mean, we, that's that's what makes a good GM. The good GM, right. don't let don't let that, that emotion get into it. I mean, if you ever saw Moneyball, they talk about Billy Bean and – he wouldn't even go into, and Billy Bean wouldn't even go into the locker room. He didn't want an emotional relationship. He didn't want to talk to them. He didn't want to know their family. He didn't want anything about them because they are just pieces of paper to be traded and sold. It, it, that's what it should be. That's what a good GM should do. Yeah, he shouldn't let personal, personal feelings. Feeling. He, he can't let the fan base tell him, oh, we love Chase Utley. We love Chase Utley. And, and, well, you know, and we love them too, but guess what? But guess what? He can't play anymore. Exactly. His when, knees are done. You have to look at his knees. Look at the entire, you know, another, Ryan Howard, we're going to, in two years, we're going to be pulling our hair out paying this guy uh-huh. $26 million a year. Yep. And but and you did it because, well, obviously he was at the best. But even Jimmy, bringing back Jimmy, you could have used that money, brought in some young guys. Uh, you bring back Jimmy because it's like you owed it to him. And right. it's the no, same, same, and, same and, thing. And, and you I owe keep, it to him. I keep, looking at the, I keep going back to the Braves. Like, they just keep refiltering young guys. I mean, they get rid of guys. Justin Upton. Justin Upton. You know. uh, what's the other Upton? Justin, Justin and, uh, and uh, uh, BJ Hampton. Yeah. You know they they just keep refiltering young guys. You know they you know I don't know. Their shortstop is a young guy. Their first baseman. Um, they, you can't get caught up in these bad contracts in baseball. You can't. The Phillies got old quickly, mm-hmm. and and you know they kept saying well, the window's still open. The window's still open. You know let's make one more run. We get the pitching staff. Um, the the biggest misconception of sports is pitching wins. I mean if pitching wins, how come the Braves only have one World Series? They're the best pitching staff in baseball for 10 years. They won one World Series in 1995. Timely hitting wins. You know, you look at Halliday in, in, in 2000, was it 2010 against the Cardinals yeah. or 2011? 2010. 2010. 
Gives up one run in the first inning against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Gives up one run in the first inning. We lose one nothing. Yeah. Carpenter, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get a hit off Carpenter. Mm-hmm. You know, timely hitting wins. Good pitching. Good pitching. Uh, let me don't get me wrong. Good pitching is nice to have, but you need to be able. To, you need to put up two, three, four runs a game. And you have to. And that's the. And the Phillies have the worst situational hitters. They can't uh, hit behind anybody. They can't move runners. They they can't go first to third. And I like Kevin Franz, and I think he's a good player, and I like the, his clubhouse. But really, you're relying on him to win games for you. It's 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 not it's not good. Well, uh, Spar- the, Sparky Anderson said a great one year, the, co- the coach of the Reds, manager of the Reds. He said, if I had 25 guys every year on the last year of their contract, I'd win the World Series every year. You know, you you need guys who are just motivated and guys who, you know, you heard Charlie Manuel say the other night, he said, I have, he said Tevin, Kevin Franz is our only tough guy on the team. Dude, if if you have one tough guy on a twenty five man roster, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And, and that's that's why a lot of heat comes on on the Charlie uh, for what he's what's kind of going on, what's been happening in uh, in the city or for the Phillies, and a lot of that has to fall on Ruben tomorrow. I feel like a lot of it because you're he's the one who built this team. If you you're playing who you have on the field, you may make a few mistakes, but every manager does. The smartest managers, Joe Torre looks like a genius because he had Steinbrenner buying every single player right. he he needed. But on the other he hand, he looks like a genius. He does. And Torre has made a lot of plenty of mistakes. Yeah, but there. they get covered up. But you know what? The Phillies, you know, if if Ruben's done nothing else, he's gotten the big splash free agent wise. Um, you know, signing Tommy. Well, he was well that was before him. But you know, with yeah, the Halliday and yeah. Lee's but think and, about when we when we won the World Series. It was Pat Gillick. It was Cole Hamels as a young player. Ryan yeah, Howard, yeah. Chase Utley. Jimmy Rollins, all homegrown players. Well, let me ask you, do you remember the starting five rotation that year for the Phillies? Um, Brett Myers. Yep. Cole Hamill. Yep. Jo- Joe Blanton. Yep. Hold on, give me a second. You're forgetting my favorite Philly. Jamie Moyer. Favorite Jamie Moyer. Moyer. Jamie Moyer, and they had... Uh... Who else was with them? Oh, it was Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton, yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, now you win the, the World Series. You win the World Series with. And Cole Hamels was great. Hamels, but he was he was but he pretty was much uh, he was young. He was, he was a unknown. young pitcher. But you went with Hamels, Myers, Adam Eaton, Joe Blanton, and Joe Blanton Jamie, had a big home run. Huge, huge, and Jamie freaking Moyer, and we can't win a World Series with. Halliday, Lee, Oswalt, and Hamels. You also had an unbelievable bullpen, though. The bullpen was great, but you also had, you had guys. Brad Lee, you had the best. You had a great forty-eight. Yep. Yeah, great save guy. You had Who a great uh, Madsen, Madsen J.C. Romero. Yeah, and as the setup guys, they were unbelievable. But I mean, you the bullpen had, was short. You up. also had a lot of three-run homers. We weren't beating guys with, hit, no. with pitching. We were beating guys by knocking ball. You know, exactly. Jason Worth had thirty-five home runs that year. Yeah. Ryan Howard, Victorino, Victorino, Ryan Howard was hitting the ball over the ballpark. Yeah. Um, Feliz was a well, one of the best defensive third basemen Ooh. you've ever seen. Uh, Rollins is coming off an MVP a couple of years earlier. But uh, this is like depressing me talking about this because now I look at our lineup and we have friends in the third. Uh, Jimmy, at, uh, aging, aging Jimmy at shortstop, aging uh, Ma- Michael aging. Michael Young couldn't hit the ball over out of the ballpark if he was standing on second base. Ben Revere, punch and Judy hitter. Uh huh. Dominic Brown's the only one I'm excited about. You know, I feel bad for what's his name before he got hurt. Uh, Kratz. Kratz was having. Yeah, Kratz was I like playing. Kratz. He was playing solid. Now, there's only so much you can do when you're when you're Kratz. You know, like yeah, you're always gonna be. You're always gonna be. Everyone's gonna always compare you to Chooch. Well, guess and, what, man? Chooch, I think 
I, I, it, it's time to clean house, I think. I, mm. I really think so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying maybe this year, but next year, I mean, if you're 10 games out at the All-Star break, Kev, I mean, yeah. you got to start unloading. You have to get younger. You have to get better. You have to get, This team needs a – they need a shot of adrenaline. They need a, a shot of new life and new young talent. I think the interns are giving themselves shots of a, shots of something over really? there. Let me tell you something. I need it with this show. Selfies. Oh. Pass out. Selfies. Oh. So let's uh let's let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, NBA draft Thursday night. Big, big time. I think this is uh you know if if you look at if you look at some of the drafts in the past, uh, this isn't a a LeBron. Uh, Carmel, you know, it's not one of those it's not one of those drafts, but it's pretty decent. And uh you know, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens this year, to see who who goes where, to see who the Sixers get, to see whoever anyone gets. Yeah, I Kev, you know what? This draft is kind of weak. Um you have you have Nerlens Noel or Noel or Noel be the number one pick. Nerlens. Um, hey, speaking of which, the NBA draft comp All right, we're in. So, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for that. And it's funny, I was going to mention this earlier. I was looking on Twitter when we were uh, going through, and there were so many people with power outages. We're, we're having a yeah, really the, bad thunderstorm the, uh, in this area. The, the lights have been flickering here yeah. in the studio. And and we almost lost Sam. A we, couple of times, it's funny, we almost last, lost Sam Jones, and Kevin and I were looking going, oh, please, no, not this. We were like, Mike and I kept on giving ourselves signals, like, are we going to cut the show? Are we going to cut it off short just so we don't embarrass ourselves with Sam Jones? But we kind of got through it. The lights were flickering, and I was looking on Twitter, and there was a lot of Cherry Hill people who uh, were having power outages. The right. power went out, so I guess we just uh, our power didn't go out. But I guess we the uh, signal the uh, signal to the uh, studio obviously got a little jammed right. up, so we, we had to we had to we got reload. A, we got a tweet from Joey Malcarney. Um, Where'd you guys go? Did Bynum sit out this too? I don't get it. Do you get that? I don't know, but Elwood just Elwood just gave us a, gave us a little joke. What is the difference between a Phillies fan and a baby? The baby will stop whining after a while. I saw that Elwood. Hey, Elwood. No, no, that's pretty funny. Now, uh, we were just talking about the cap before that we got kicked off. NBA, the NBA draft. draft. Yeah, the NBA draft. It's it's a little bit of a weaker. Um, you know, you have guys like Zeller and Old Depot. Yeah. No, no, I think no, it's a no, good no. role player role player yeah, draft. But guess what? Role players don't win. You need that one. Home, you know, you look at the Duncans and the Lebrons and the Olympics. You know, mm-hmm. they're the, those are those are changers. difference makers and got and championship guys. See, I think the the one that could be a difference maker in this draft is Trey Burke. I think you know he's yeah. small, but I I like Trey Burke. I think he has that he has that intensity to kind of be a good a very good NBA he's player. Like an Allen Iverson type. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put, compare him that high, but some, you know, somewhere. Well, Allen Iverson type. Yeah, type. Like, yeah. like, like is Otto Porter a difference maker? No. Really, when it comes down to it, I mean, nice, good player. Yeah. Cody Zeller, no. Cody Zeller, not a difference maker. Um, you, you need those guys to win. You need this, like you said, this is not a good year to have the number three pick in the draft. Yeah. Sixers um, sitting in eleven. I mean, you trade down. What do you do? It's gonna. See, Sixers. I feel like you can get something of value at eleven. They're, they're, I'm sure. Hopefully, the new regime. They haven't really been talking, which is a good thing. 
there's there's too much talking going on with the old with the old regime and saying, oh, we got to get the we're going to get take the best player available, and then they end up taking a, a player in need or a position in well, need, Bill, whether it's the best or Brian not. Brian Billick always says, if you draft for a need, you're in trouble. Like you have to draft the best player available. Mm-hmm. You know, I might need a I might need a a power forward, and if there's no and, you know the power forward that's you know ninetieth. Best guy on the well, I guess the NBA draft only two rounds, but you know, you know what I mean. Like if he if he's not ranked high, go get someone who is. Don't draft because you need somebody. Draft because you're drafting the best player. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of think that's where. Uh, hold on a second, Zeke. Uh, someone just uh, put on channel eight forty eight, please, real quick. I just got a. Uh, Why? I don't know. I just got a text from someone. It just said channel eight forty eight. All right, I'll investigate. Investigate that, please. That's NBC Sports. Is this NBC Sports? Oh, is that Zeke? Can you put on it at eight forty eight? I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it was funny before the show. I'm I'm like okay, and this is this is why I should I should I should kill you right now because I'm I'm just like Zeke. <laughs> White man can't jump. White man can't jump. Okay, you can turn it off. Yeah. That's yeah. True. But I was I was like Zeke. Okay, here's how you make a call. Make sure you press this, and then make sure you L- press this. Ladies and gentlemen, for listening audience, Kevin's face, I mean, it looked like his head was going to explode. I was so he's angry. Trying, he's trying, he's just come. you know, he gets in here, he's coming right from a summer league game uh, with his team, and this, and the interns are here joking around, and he's trying to explain it, and they're cracking jokes. And, and they're not paying attention. They're not paying attention. Zeke's not even looking and, at and, what and, I'm telling well, you. Well, if he got here when he told us to get here, he'd have a lot more time to explain. He's not to get here. I'm, he doesn't show up until five minutes before. I'm, I was doing – you know I have, a, I have a summer league game tonight. That's me, what my – Meanwhile, meanwhile, meanwhile. where there's a minute left, we have the lady coming one minute until showtime, and the, the interns are uh, – are you wearing a country, countryman shirt? Yeah, yes. Good job. I designed that one. That one's my personal design. It's also the same design as your board. In the oh, back. Turn around. Turn around. How about that? In the back, does it say, an Alan, we trust? Uh, we believe. No, you got to go. You can't take the Valori. <laughs> you will, you will you unmute yourself? Come on, Axel. You can't take the Valori design and put it on You can't Dave say Allen's you shirt. designed it if it's not. It's a design. Yeah, well, can, it's can, a we saying. Come, can we come up with a thing like, you know, like, like Lenape with Chuck Atari's Guitar Heroes? Well, listen. Can we come up with like an Allen? Like an Allen. 27 hey, years to get hey, his own hey, slogan. Hey, instead of like an Allen wrench, Allen's bench or something. <laughs> no, Allen's bench. I, mean, or... I, love, I love Coach Allen. Who knows how long he'll be there? Are they going to make countryman like, shirts at, for, the, for the girl? You're talking to an expert here. No. But you can't I've been look a countryman at for what? Twelve years. But you can't look at it like that. You have to look at what's going on now. You can't no, say, "Whoa, is Coach Allen going to be there for?" Shawnee. They call themselves the Bod Squad because their best players was, the was Bodnar. Bo- there was two or three two, Bodnar two. brothers. And and and, and so Joe was good. Ryan was Ryan was okay. But he just graduated. Yeah. Yep. The Bod Squad. What are they now? And they were also. They're gone. They got nothing. No, you have to be the countryman, but you have to have a slogan on the back yeah, thing. Like, like, um, but like, who's a player this? Like, who's a player this year that you guys can jump like on? Um, Soapy. Something has to happen yeah. with Soapy. Well, we uh, had Ross Man down. Yeah, no, that, ha- you did about, do that. Yeah. How about uh, countryman? Uh, so, uh oh, that's not Soapy, good. Uh, there was a guy just passed out in the ice just now. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> He's a hockey he'll player. Come back. He's a hockey player. He just had a cardiac arrest. He'll be Wait, back in the second half. That I want to say real quick. Let's go. We got eight minutes. Yeah. I was I was watching um Jim Rome uh on Showtime. Why? His new show. And um 
Jim Rome always says the NHL playoffs are the best playoffs around. And he asked his panel, he had a panel of toughest, toughest players in the world, in the sport. One person out of the four people said NHL players. And he showed a clip. It was from the Eastern Conference Finals. Gregory Campbell on a penalty kill. Oh, Gregory Campbell, that play was super. Let me tell you, you're going to feel like a huge... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get in trouble. With who? They're on a penalty kill. He's on the Bruins. This guy fires a slap shot, which can get up to about 100 miles an hour. He jumps in front of it, lays down. He lays down in front of it, hits him in the leg, snaps his leg right in half. There's still a minute and a half left on this power play. He stays out for the entire minute and a half. Here's what I understand. No one ever, 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 ever argued that hockey players aren't tough. No one. I mean, no one's ever argued that. Who talked about it? No one. LeBron James got a cramp. Zach, Zach, here's the thing. People say that was his greatest career moment. Here's what you have to understand. Here's what you have to understand. Here's what you have to understand. The hockey, the hockey Stanley Cup players are going on right now, right? It's like the fourth story on ESPN. Like, it's just the way it is. But it's just the way it is, Zach. Nobody, you know, there's a lot of there's hockey fans, there's diehard hockey fans. 80% of the, the country doesn't care about hockey. I mean, it's just the way it is. You want to be tough? Move but to it's Canada. Because of, it's because so, of... Hold on. First off, turn around, turn around, turn around. No one is tough with that haircut. No one. He looks like Drago with tips. He looks like uh, he should have been in a boy band. He's got frosted hey, don't tips. don't talk about boy bands, right? He's got frosted tips. Yes, I'm supposed to tell... You don't even know who it was. He's a hockey player. It was player Justin Bieber. Too. Wow, that guy just got drilled in the face. Speaking of tough, speaking of, speaking of going from completely not tough to tough, there was a picture of frosted tips. I don't know who it was. It was followed by a guy, followed by a guy getting hit directly in the face with a puck. Well, I don't know if you guys have ever met Ian LaPerriere. Oh, I mean, so several he, times. He lived. No, I mean, I mean, he, no, he, lived he here. came over. Last I had a beer day. last night with him. Yeah, I mean, he, he Ian, uh, Ian Laviolette. Yeah, my, I just had weird dinner no, last night. Perrier. Yeah, yeah, him too. Shut well, up, you're lying. Adam, I'm, shut up, I'm, I'm being fair. Shut, shut, shut up for a second, Adam. Adam, shut up. Got it. <laughs> Twice in the same month, Ian Laperriere takes a slap shot to the face. Dude, who can? No one's saying they're not tough. They're tough. But that's what. I feel like, why would anyone want to watch something else? You know why? Here's why. Because NBA players are the greatest athletes in the world. But they don't care about what they're doing. Yeah. But but here's the thing. I mean, where around here... Can you For just... me, it's more about personal interest than about the quality but of that, the But game. that's you. That's you. I mean, you know, that, that that's you. God bless you. I mean, you like hockey. I mean, I, look, I can watch hockey, too. But if hockey's on... You like this NBA Finals, Kev? Yeah, if there if the hockey I, was competing with the NBA Finals, it was getting I, I, slaughtered. This NBA Finals was awesome. I mean, you put I hockey up against the, you put hockey up against the World Series, you put it up against the NBA playoffs, you put it up against uh, the Super Bowl. Dude, it's not even. I don't close. know if this is true. Palmyra Time told me Palmyra Time told me a couple years ago that an infomercial had higher ratings than a than a hockey playoff game, and I don't know if he was joking or not. But it better be it better like, have been for sounds people. Like, sounds <laughs> like something he'd say. Wait, wait, my buddy, my comedian friend out in Chicago, tweeted today. He said, uh, "Rafael Nadal losing in the first round was wow. almost as shocking as finding out Wimbledon started." <laughs> really? I mean, tennis is brutal. Actually, I've watched some entertaining tennis. Women, I can watch women tennis. Yeah. What I've about that match with the guy who's like my who's my size? Uh, remember Lurch? he played. Oh, yeah. the one in like the ridiculous. You rang. It took like two days. Yeah, it took. It took forever. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, oh, jeez. Ian LaPerriere. It's funny because the guy <laughs> I had dinner he was with playing him. against, the guy he was playing against was pretty little. Andy Murray. 
No, no, this guy was real. Oh, he's, he's, f- 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 no, you're you're thinking of good. Oh, he wasn't good. You're thinking of like of really good tennis players. This guy was a decent. Nadal. Was it Federer? Agassi? Was it Djokovic? <laughs> oh, decent? Max Wielander? Serena Williams? Hank Davis? Uh, he texted me today. Really? He's a good kid. My, I mean, my buddy, I don't know. minutes? I don't know if this is funny or not, but my buddy. Probably always, not. My buddy's a big tennis guy. He teaches tennis lessons. He's always putting these things on Facebook, like tennis trivia. And he always says, What male won the. U.S. Open and Butler. What male won Wimbledon? I always respond. Whenever he says male, I always respond with Martina Navratilova. I mean, I just think that's funny every time, and I think he's getting a little bit tired of it. Um, that's just me. So. Way to uh, bring the show to a screeching <laughs> halt, Mike. Once Mike mentioned tennis, it was over. It was Cute, cute. Talk about the, uh, outro. <laughs> talk about destroying. Sam Jones on, everyone. And we end the show talking about tennis. About, yeah, right. Uh, we'd just like to thank uh, our, our sponsors again, since we didn't do it in the middle of the show. Uh, please continue paying us. Uh, do it twice. We'd like to thank. Do it again. Yeah, we'll. Do it again. We'd we'll like to thank Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products, just a foam call away. We'd like to thank Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products, just a foam call away. Uh, Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs. Uh, <laughs> Advocare South Jersey Orthopedic Associates. Go see Dr. Wetzler for all your orthopedic needs. Renee Shell, an integrated play if you're a professional athlete transitioning into a career. Go see Renee Shell, an integrated play. All right. And now uh, let's, uh, let's, let's give another thank, thank you to Larry oh, yeah. Ross. Uh, Larry Ross for helping us, us get, uh, get Sam Jones. Also, a huge, huge thank you to Sam Jones for coming on. Uh, such insight, such an amazing uh, bit of radio that we had. Uh, not the other, <laughs> not the other hour and fifteen minute or hour and a half, but that half hour was was magic. If and, you if you missed the Sam Jones uh, portion, you can archive us um, yes. at any time. Um, yeah, www.thematchupzone.com. Also on uh, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash thematchupzone. Yes, Zeke. Um, it's been about three weeks since I've talked to Don from Fairfax. I don't know if you're listening, Don. Oh, Don was Don called in last week, and you Don weren't here. Don called in last two here. weeks. Yeah. I haven't gotten any individual text well, messages. Well, may, well, maybe Don thinks you're not on anymore, so he's yeah. not calling anymore. Yeah. Well, has he asked about me? He's or? a little bummed. I don't know. We'll we'll talk to Don from Fairfax, see if he's see if he's coming back on, and uh, give you give. So. <laughs> it's a sad, sad day. But again, uh, thank you so much to Sam Jones. Thanks to Larry Ross for getting us Sam Jones, and we'll get us a, a lot of other guests uh, coming up soon. Uh, you know, thanks to our interns who uh, made a phone call directly in the middle of our show to Sam Jones' wife. Sam Jones' wife. I mean, That's great God, radio, clean right it there. Up. Uh, to Axel the intern. Uh, well, this is the Matchup Zone. We will be with you every Monday night. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking live sports, talking to the biggest names out there. We'll see you next week. Have a good week. I got a million ways to get it. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back, bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. 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 Hold up. Somebody bring me back the money, please. Hold on that new shit.